this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Brad Parkinson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join me on the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside. How's we been, mate? Yeah, very good, thank you, mate. Still on cloud nine, really, after the weekend has gone on. The, the ladies were in a cup and Salford taking sailors to the cleaners. It was a bit like a, a dream day, really, mate. So, yeah, but I've lived on that for the last three days at work, and that's kept me, kept me buzzing, really, doing well. Yeah, also on the show, we've got Paul Parkin. Parky, how's your week been, mate? Yeah, pretty much the same, I'd say. Sunday was certainly a fillet. Obviously, both teams getting the news at the end of the game, the ladies had won, and what we watched against St. Helens was something special. And yeah, since then, it's just been floating on air, I think, for the last two or three days. Somebody said to me yesterday, have you come down yet? I'm not planning on doing it, to be honest, not until I get hit by 40 by somebody. I'm having a good week so far, thank you very much. Yeah. Also joins on the show, special guest, Salford Red Devils ladies captain Louise Fellingham, celebrating the uh, the final win uh, on Sunday. Louise, have you come down yet? Uh, yeah, obviously I don't get all excited about stuff, but no, it was a brilliant day. I don't even know if it's sunk in really properly, so we move on to the next one, don't we? Yeah, we added little sort of count and you're the ninth Salford captain to lift a trophy how do you feel about that yeah I mean obviously you mentioned it didn't you the other day obviously it's a great honour isn't it like really really proud to do that it seems crazy like what in in nearly 150 years isn't it like only the ninth captain um haven't told the girls yet that though so um I'm sure when they listen to this they'll hear it and I'm sure they'll have something to say about it yeah I think they might know now (laughs) So, loads to go at uh, this week. We'll look back at the Settlers' win. We'll look back at the Ladies' Cup win. We've got all the big news coming out of the club this week. Uh, we've got Whiteside World of Rugby League, and then we're going to preview the game against Leeds on Sunday. So, we'll start with a win against Settlers. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your Big Match Review. So, South Red Devils were victorious on Sunday. They beat St. Helens 44 points to 12. Paul, talk us through it. <laughs> I knew you were going to ask me that. I thought Parker was going to get that one. Um, talk you through it. Well, to be honest with you, I thought the first 25 minutes I described it as a golden 25 minutes. The, the way we scored three back-to-back tries without St. Helens touching the ball. I think the, the tries we scored, it was St. Helens-esque, really. That's what they do to teams, and to see us do that to them. And it wasn't a kid Saint team like they they put teams out before. This was a pretty strong Saint side. This and to reiterate, you know, Salford only had an eighteen man squad. They were really really low on numbers, and they come out and, and to do that. I mean, yeah, it was it was wild. I watched the Super League show with uh, my daughter the other day, and she was absolutely buzzing with it. And Ryan Briley was on there presenting it as well, which made her even more happy. But the tries, it was breathtaking to watch. Joe Burgess, Tim Laugh. We watched over a long time. You've dreamt about performances like this and, and games like that, and it was one of them. I've had about five or six people ask me where we, where do we get the video for that game? Where do we get the DVD from? So yeah, I mean, I can't really talk you through that one, mate. It, it's I think the supporters know what happened, don't they? It was an absolutely sensational first half. But everyone who sat around me at half time said to me, "We need to score another one after half time. We're not safe yet." Twenty six. Then I thought to myself, that is like the Salford. Mentality, I think, really. We've had, it, we've had it tough for so long. You're still nervous, aren't you? But no, it was a sensational day, mate. Sensational performance. 
yeah, we're in kind of a transition, aren't we, Parky, from old mentality of we just need another one to we're twenty six nil up. What, what's the what's the what's the problem? Yeah, you know it's funny Paul saying that. I went for a, a brew at half time, and I, when I went down, I must be stopped by five or six people. Everyone was, I mean, the shock was the, the main thing. Everyone was just sort of stunned walking around, didn't know what to do. And and every single one of them said, we've got to score first. And you're thinking, no, we don't. We just make sure they don't score. We're okay. It's not, it, it, but it's that mentality. And I think we had started to change it from 2019 and 2020, the two finals. And we'd gone on a, a, a journey up to that point. And we keep reinventing ourselves. And then last year was such a hard season to watch. We really struggled. Uh, and it, I think that knocked the stuffing out of us and made us think, same old Salford. Mm. This performance is, it's got to be, I mean, you know, I've watched over 40 years and I, I can't remember anything like that. I remember great games, great wins, beating big teams when you're not expected to. Wigan in 96 when we were second division and things like that. Even the, the semi-final at Wigan, great performance. That That is a strong Saints team. And what I would say, people were trying to make excuses. Oh, we had, I think they had Meekinson, Percival missing. Oh, oh right, well, that's all right. We've got a whole squad missing. But what I would have said to any of them is before that game, if you ask the Saints fan how many Salford players would get in their team, they'd probably say none, maybe one. So I think that just shows how, how good a performance it was because the Saints fans walked away the other day. They, they knew they were well beaten. There was no excuses, really. Just... Like Paul said, the speed that we did everything at and the, the, the fact that the tries came so close together, you didn't recover from the last one. Mm. And you stood up again going, well, how are we doing this? This is saying that this wasn't beating Wakefield the other week by 70, a poor Wakefield performance with whatever was going on there. This is the three times back-to-back champions, teams sitting top of the league that don't lose, being taken apart by little old Salford, really. Just... An absolute, a wonder performance by a team of, I, I say team, that is the word, but a, a team of committed individuals who, I don't know whether whether it was what John Wilkie said four or five weeks ago or whether it's just something within the team they've worked towards to this point. You, you won't find a better all-round performance than that, I don't think, anywhere in World Rugby League right now. Yeah. Was sensational. All started fantastically as well. Sitaleka Akawala uh, went over for his try. Uh, Louise, just by the post, great start for Paul Rally's men. Yeah, they were ruthless from what I've seen of it. It was just relentless pressure, wasn't it? I think we spoke before Paul got on and it was just the intensity they played at in both attack and defence. Saints didn't stand a chance and that's not normally how they play. Normally the other way around, teams just get overwhelmed by them. Salford just did what St Helens normally do to other teams. They did it to them and they just, they couldn't handle it. And it was just, they just got a roll on really, didn't they? And that's what happened. And that's what it's all about. Well, when you, when you get the roll on, teams struggle to deal with that. Paul, try, next try was Joel Burgess. Lovely assist uh, by Tim Laffey, putting uh, the Rolls Royce over in the corner. Yeah, and I think that those two have got a real good understanding together, haven't they, Tim and, and Joel? They seem to really dovetail perfectly. And that pass, it's becoming a regular thing now, that, that lovely Tim Laffey offload. And just just to mention Tim Laffey, I thought he was absolutely unplayable on Sunday. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen a centre play. Like, it was like having a kangaroo centre being parachuted over, a test Aussie test player coming over playing for us. It was absolutely outstanding, everything he did. I mean, 
the last try, I've watched that about 20 times. That last try that we scored, defence into attack. I've never seen tries like that scored. So many of them in a game like that before. It was, I've never been off my seat that many times in a match to, to sort of applaud tries like that. And it, I was thinking at half-time, the amount of games I've seen, particularly away from home against Satan's, where they scored 50, 60 points against us with Nosley Rowe, who's still in that big cow shed behind the end. And all those sort of night Friday nights of disappointment going there, they're all like washed away on Sunday. It's like they'd all disappeared and someone had just lifted me above the clouds and into this fantasy place where I can watch this game take place. Tim Lafay and Joe Burge. I think Joe really, last month or so for me, He's really put his foot to the floor. He looks quick. He looks so fast now. And the tries he scored there, he put his foot to the accelerator. No one was going to catch him. And he's doing it at the right time of the season now. With World Cup coming up, he's in fantastic form. Like you said, Rolls-Royce Winger, he's so elegant when he glides across the pitch. Great player to watch. Madsen, goal for his try. Coming back from injury, Parker playing at full-back. Ryan Briley, not in the team because of his head bang. Played well and got a try to, to boot. I thought Dan was back to the old Dan Sargent. So we've seen it for the last couple of years when he's when he's not being suspended or injured. He's a class player. Always has been. And coming in at full-back, your first game back, is it a risk? Like it just wasn't, was it? I mean, Paul mentioned that try. Where we've gone from, from the back, from there, kick through all the way. And he started that. And it wasn't a case of, I've got the ball, I'm going to die with it, I'm going to do this. You know, possibly the sensible thing, I'm going to go around him. And take him on. And that, that's what you get with Dan Sargent. He's a wholehearted player. Sometimes he gets it wrong, but he will give you everything he's got. And I, I thought he had an outstanding performance. Uh, something you said before about the game itself. And what you're finding in the modern, say the modern game, it's happened over the last few years. But when a team gets a roller, it's so difficult to stop. Because you can't get the ball. You're waiting for a mistake from a bit like rugby union in many ways. In that once you've got the ball, you keep it. And... You see more and more of that now, and that's what happens with generally, like you know, Louise said, that, that Saints do that. They get the ball, you don't get it. Simple. Until they make an error or, you know, they decide you can have the ball. And we did that to them the other day. And it just, the, the flow of the game from about two or three minutes in, you could kind of see which way the game was going. The, 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 it was all just balanced in our favour. Going back to Dan, I think Ryan's going to have a real job getting back in that team. Even though he is... Paul Rowley's um, favourite. Um, <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not being negative, but I thought he's performing. He, for me, I'm not one that changes a winning team unless you have to, and I wouldn't change it. Whether Dan's come through that game, first game back, full 80 minutes, without a knock or anything is a different matter. He may need a week off now, but then you bring Ryan Braley back in. It's not bad, is it? It's not a bad way to look at things. But it gives Paul Rowley a, a headache, doesn't it? What do you do? Can you, after a performance like that, can you leave him out? Because I think in some people's eyes, he may have been in the top, I would have thought, top three for man of the match. So a difficult decision coming up. Louise, what's it like playing a team that's got a roll on? Playing against a team or with a, in a team? Oh, to be honest, the way we play, there's not many teams that have rolled us. Yeah, I mean, probably the closest to that is probably when we played Alton. And it's frustrating. It's difficult. Like, you're obviously trying to work out ways of stopping it. I, I, we had the conversation before. I, I back our defence, you know, 99% of the time. But 
when that team have the, a lot of the ball, it's very difficult. I would like to think that most teams don't want to play us when we get a roll on. Mm. Definitely, what uh, probably two weeks ago now against Dewsbury in the league away, they couldn't handle us. We would literally just attack after attack after attack. And I think in the first half, I think they maybe played the ball in our half once. And that that's not a nice feeling, is it? Whether that's as a supporter or as a player, that's it's not a nice feeling having that you know ball stuck in stuck in your defensive half. Yeah, obviously Salford had the roll on. Uh, next try was Callum Watkins. Lovely work uh, by Mark Sneedy. He gave the ball to Kenseo. Ball back inside. Callum Watkins over for a try. Uh, Louise, magical uh, bit of play there. Yeah, it's great when you've got players like that, isn't it? Like you know. It's it's just magical to watch. I said before we obviously started recording that I've watched the game today, but it's definitely one of those games you just want to be in the, the stadium for, just so you can really feel the, the buzz around. Yeah, final sofa try the first half. Paul, Joe Burgess got his second. Lovely work by Andy Ackers around the brook. Uh, found uh, Burgess on the wing and he did the rest. Yeah, it was. It was good play from Ackers. And Andy Ackers is another, another guy who's put his hand up at the moment. And with that World Cup coming... He could have a chance here, you know, there's a few good hookers in the league, but Andy's doing really well and he spotted that, I thought it was a bit lazy defence, that from St. Helens, which is unlike them really, but they exploited it, they divided the ball so quickly, Joe Burgess, as I said, gets the ball and, and he's away and I love watching Joe Burgess, I know you've described him as a Rolls-Royce winger, haven't you, since we signed him really, and now we are starting to see that Rolls-Royce-ness, if you like, he's great to watch, he really is, and he was fired up for that game as well. You could tell that on, on Sunday, you know, being an ex-Wigan player playing against St. Helens. And I noticed he, he had a, a little word to the cameras when he came off the pitch today about minerals or something as well. I think the, the team spirit is tremendous, isn't it? And one thing you know is the, the players have all got smiles on their faces and, and it's hard to stop. And I was looking at the league table today, there's only Wigan who scored more points than Salford. 515 points. I mean, that's unheard of for us, really. It's always it's got the worst attack and usually one of the worst defences, isn't it? So uh, the way we've played this season, the brand of rugby league, I think it's been been outstanding. Yep. So 26-0 up half-time. The second half, the same way, really. Greg Burke walked over for his try at Parky after a, a period on the sidelines. Good for him to get over the line. Yeah, delight for Greg. He's a proper character, isn't he? And he was well worked, to be honest. You don't usually get a stroll in against Saints and not next to the posts. Mm. I think we caught him out a little bit there. Again, great work around the rook. I think it must have been Andy Ackers again. It could have been, it could have been Chris Atkin actually that came into the line. But it, the, the speed of the play, uh, I think Saints just expected a straight drive and then it just got moved on again. Just one shift and we caught him out. But yeah, delight for Greg. I, I, he's been a, a bit of a stalwart for us, hasn't he? From when he signed, it was I, I was one of them that probably said, signing Greg Burke, what, where, where are we going with this? Later that year, he was in the grand final. And every time he's been asked to do anything, he's done it. I'm yeah, just delighted for him because he's not had his many chances this year through injury and, and whatever else. But it's good that he's back in the squad and back in contention because uh, obviously we struggled quite a bit this year before with, uh, with the injuries and everything else. So to have him around. But yeah, it was a well-worked try again. Caught him out. And, and that was that try that we were we were hoping for at the start of the, the half that nine times out of ten goes against us. Mm. Good, good work, quick thinking. And then Greg's over. Yeah. Wellsby scored for Saints, but then Salford got back on the board. Paul uh, Callum Watkins' second try. Good team move. Watkins saw the gap, went and scored. 
Yeah, it was. That that was a great try. That I mean, the, the Burke one was a good one. I mean, you got a bus through that gap there when he went through. But that try, Watkins scored. How many pairs of hands did that go through? They looked mm. like there was nothing on there. They just seemed to create the space. The ball went out to the right, and it was it was great to watch because everything was sticking. There was no mistakes. I was doing the preview today, and I started putting that like about the stats. I'm not a big stats man like yourself, Rob, but. The completion rate must have been tremendous. We either made any mistake. I can remember Jack Armourad knocking on, I think, in the second or the second half. Might have been the first half. But after that, there was there was hardly any mistakes. Everything was just just really, really clinical for me. And yeah, that was a super try. That great offload. And Callum Watkins, another guy who's in tremendous form, isn't he? Scoring the tries as well for us now, isn't he? And he's another one with a massive big smile. His smile's almost as big as Brody Croft's. But no, great, great try that. Yeah. Obviously, Parky Callum Watkins coming into the, to, to the second row after his injury, been sort of phenomenal, phenomenal, and I, and I obviously think you know he must be, he might be a shoe in for this uh, for this World Cup. I think we said it a few times. I think that the thing that Callum's got over most second rows is versatility. Mm. If you had to in a crisis in a tournament or in a game, if you had to drop him into the centre, he'd have no worries. He, he was an international centre. That's what he did. He's, he's formed this year, but since he's come back from his injury, he looks like a new player. Obviously, last season, he got that injury. Before that, he was seemed to struggle a little bit with confidence. And I don't know, maybe that was a squad thing as well last year, getting beat every week. That's what happens. This year, I, I, he's a man possessed. I mentioned last week about the size of him. You know, when you see him on the touchline, because he, he rarely comes off. When you see him, you don't realise how big a guy he is. In terms of just an athlete, he's just huge. He's been brilliant, hasn't he? And it, I suppose it means something to Cal as well. You know, he, he was a ball boy at the Willows. I suppose he grew up a Salford fan, a bit like Ryan, really. It, it means it probably means a little bit more sometimes. I think I think you're probably right, Rob. I think he could be in the running. We have again, it's another position that, that England are kind of blessed with in the back row, certainly second row. We've got some really good ones. Farrell and Bateman spring to mind, Whitehead over in Australia, people like that, but there's, there's no reason you won't put him in your squad. None at all. And I think he'd he deserve it. And that try, by the way, I, I thought at the time when he went over to the touchline that Burgess was going out. He was going into touch. And from my angle, I thought, oh, you know, well, good effort. And then the ball comes inside. And that, that instant switch, every single player was ready. There wasn't somebody stood there watching or setting up the next play or deliberating. Everybody was switched on and ready for that ball. And he went down the line and caught Saints out again. I mean... It was a fantastic try. The guy next to me, he travels down from, from Roxdale with his kids. He coached his kids rugby and everything. He, he was blown away by that try. He just kept saying, that is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. And I was like, yeah, it was pretty good, wasn't it? But by this time, we get a bit blasé, by the way, because it was, you know, it was happening every time. But that was a special try, that really good. And it just shows that it isn't a case. Because you see, we've all seen it in the past where a solid player will get the ball out and nobody's watching. Ball goes to ground because there's nobody following up. Mm. Every single player from Tim Lafay onwards was was ready for that, and it was a, a wonderful try and finished by Cal. You know he's not going to fail from there. No. Final try of the game was from Brody Croft. Lovely work by Tim Lafay on one leg, struggling with cramp. He gave it to Brody Croft, who ran 50 meters, beat the Saints cover and scored Louise. And you know, speed, acceleration, class. Yeah, absolutely. I thought Tim Lafay was like outstanding from what I saw, like unplayable. But obviously started with Ken as well, didn't it? Picking up the ball. I think just you're not going to see much better than that. Those sort of tries just 
that you can watch them over and over and over again. They still just, it's so good every time you watch it. But no, it was a quality try, that one. Yeah, pure rugby league, isn't it, Paul? That, that is what, as a fan, you dream about one end to the other and phenomenal rugby. Yeah, and in our time of watching soccer, we haven't really seen a lot of that, have we? No. I mean, you talk about 2019, yeah, but there's been an awful lot of barren seasons as well where you've not really had one or two decent wins in the season, but it was, yeah, it was like a carnival of rugby league, wasn't it? On Sunday, it was that, you used to watch like videos when you were a kid, you know, like 101 top tries and things like that, and all those tries would have been on that. Particularly that that Brody Croft one at the end, that, that was outstanding. You know, the work Dan Sage did to, to make the to make the space and then away they went there and he showed showed great pace, Brody Croft to score, strength as well to push off the, the Saints uh, guys chasing I think James Robe was behind him there as well. And he had a big smile in it for the the Saints supporters behind the sticks. So no, it was a it was a super try. They were all great tries. No, even the Akawala one early doors showed great strength to go over. So I think we was royally entertained. It was one of those games where you you had to be there really. So uh, so yeah, really really enjoyed it. Yeah, Brody Croft loving life at Salford Park. You can see ya, that in the victory song celebrations every week from him. Look, I don't know if you remember that. I did warn you. Yeah. Good player. Mm-hmm. You did. You did. I did tell you that. And I also tell you about Tim Lafayette, but I won't, I won't brag. Um, Brody Croft is another one of those Jackson Hastings types that just needed somebody to show him a bit of love mm. and give him his chance again. Because both of them really at the time, but certainly Brody at Brisbane was under so much pressure in a failing Brisbane team. This is a massive club, Brisbane Broncos, and he was the halfback. He was only young. The pressure on him in a team that gets beat every week, because in Australia they are savage. If your team's getting beat, and it's the halfbacks that get it every single time. And he was getting singled out over there. Uh, I'll be honest, I remember watching Brisbane, and they had no they had no pack to speak of. He was getting no protection. And he's come over here, and I think he knows that this is his chance to relaunch his career. And playing like he is, there's no reason why he wouldn't be back in the NRL. Because he's, he's as good at the moment as anything in Super League, quite easily, and could get a contract back home. He is enjoying his life. You can tell, like you say, he's got a smile on his face. He's enjoying it. I remember when I spoke to him a few months back at the fans meeting and I interviewed him and he said uh, you were just settling in. Everything was alien to him and he looked he looked a little bit uncomfortable and a little unsure about everything. I think now he's settled in and the weather's got a little bit better as well. Let's be honest, if you're from Queensland, you're probably not loving the weather over here most of the time. <laughs> uh, he just needed love and, and give him time. And all we can hope for now going forward is that he, he remains a Salford player for, for a few more years because I think every big team in Super League wants him. And there'll be, I'm sure there's offers coming in, but let's just hope we, we keep hold of him. Yeah, all you need is love. Brody's all you need. Lennon was probably thinking at the <laughs> time. Um, obviously, Elijah Taylor uh, got put in the bin. Uh, towards the end, and Wormsley crashed over against our 12 men. But, well, Louise, we, we'd done a lot of defending. It was a consolation try. You know, one of them. Yeah, I think there's only so much defending you can do, isn't there? When you're under pressure, eventually those those sort of spaces open up or the crack shots start to show. We've definitely been in that position over the season as well. And he keeps defending set after set. And eventually someone is, someone especially like Alex Wormsley, is going to crash over eventually, aren't they? And that's the thing. 
obviously. But, you know, the, the hard work was done early. The, the points are on the board. We'll give them one. Keeps them, keeps them ticking over, I suppose, Saints. We spoke to Dan Sargentson, Sam Luckley, Joe Burgess after the game. And this is what they had to say. I'd like to say Dan Sargentson joins me. You've been out for a long time. You come back and you're playing a performance like that. What was it like being out there? Yeah, I think um, the way the boys are playing, it, it was quite easy for me to just slip in and um, maybe suit my game a bit. Um, running the ball out of our own end and, and, and trying to create a lot of space. So uh, Middles are outstanding today. Uh, they dug in and, and, and you always have to against a, a big Saints pack. So... Um, yeah, I, I thought the boys were class today. You go over a try as well, backing up there. Great support play from yourself. Yeah, I think I'm off the uh, nude run now. So um, obviously only played played one game this year, one one game and a bit against Toulouse. So uh, yeah, it was nice. Budge Budge put me in. I, I didn't actually do too much of it, so I can't really claim it. But um, now, like I said, we scored some amazing tries out of our own half, and um, it's nice nice to be in the team. I've been throwing the ball about a bit and finding space. What is that team spirit like there at the moment at Salford? I mean, the, the dressing room, you must be absolutely buzzing. We've said before, you're low on numbers, 18-man squad was picked, but you know, the, the team spirit that you're showing, it's been fantastic. Yeah, I think we've got, we got such an amazing um, group of boys here and um, we all get on. There's no there's no um, groups, everyone's together and um, it kind of shows out there on the pitch. Like, like you said, I think, I think we named 17 men today with an 18-man who was, who was broken a bit and um, just doesn't phase us. We, we just go out there and Rose's mentality that we just we just try and get the job done. How does your body feel? You know, you've had a long time out. You come back today, being in a big game. Like, you feel okay in yourself? Yeah, yeah. Bit, obviously, I'll be a bit sore. Um, I'm, I'm probably back a bit early from my injury as well, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel the odd little um, the odd little bits here and there, but um, nothing you can't expect with this game. You were named in the centres today. Was that apply that on the team sheet, or was you always gonna play full back? Or? Uh, I, I was. I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. I, I, I trained in. Uh, I trained a bit of centre. Trained a bit of full back. Um, but yeah, I was unaware where I've named. I didn't really, I don't really look at that sort of stuff. You just went out there and did the business. Just mate. went out there, yeah. Knew, I knew I'd be playing fullback at some point, so I've been running there in the week and um, yeah, just got out there and done my job. Thanks for always speaking to us, Dan. Good luck for the rest of the season. Well, right, Sam, look, Sam, look, the joins me, Sam. How do, you, how does that compare to your performances today to beat St. Helens by that score? I mean, you're relatively sort of up and coming in your career, right? You've not played the game that long. Is that probably the best you've been involved in? Yeah, definitely. I think um, if you just look at St Helens as a club, the past, the history, and in, in that current form, I think um, I think Rose was saying like that's the biggest scoreline they've lost by in the last ten years or something like that. So um, immensely proud of the boys. Um, what a shift that was! A great thing, great game to play in. Um, it's definitely one I won't forget anytime soon. What was it like at half time? What did Paul Roller say to you? Because like supporters, we're always a bit sort of cautious. You know, 20, 20 mm. points up. You get champions side like Saints, you expect them to come back at you, but you you seem to keep calm. You weathered that storm at the start of the second half, and then and then started throwing the ball about again. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, you just look at last week's game. Saints and Wakey, they came back to win that, so they're never not out of the fight. Um, but we had a game plan. We stuck to it. Um, we kind of almost hit the reset button at half time, nil nil. Stick the same plan, keep chipping away, do what's do what's working. Um, we knew they were going to come back firing, and you know, St Helens are all about the process and waiting to 
they're waiting for you to break. So it was just a mental toughness battle, and um, we won in the end. Coming towards the business end of the season now, that top six is hotting up the race for you. Got Leeds next week. Do you, as a group, just look at proving people wrong? Because every week you seem to just come back and we expect, oh, perhaps this week is going to go wrong. But just keep proving people wrong. I mean, I think it was an 18-man squad that Paul Rowley named. Mm. You're so low on numbers, but look at that performance. Yeah, I think we've got belief in every single player at this club. So you could, you know, name an 18-man squad, we still have the belief that we can go and beat anyone. Um, but we don't get ahead of ourselves. You know, people, the press or whoever can slag us off or undermine us or whatever and they're just having fuel to our fire so we'll just be quiet keep doing what we're doing keep chipping away and um, like you said we're getting to that business end of the season where points and wins matter now more than ever so um, I will keep sticking at it and uh, yeah it's going well in it <laughs> enjoy tonight Sam you yeah. deserve it well done today mate and thanks for coming speaking to us I am so we're joined by uh, Joe Burgess congratulations what a win thank you yeah unreal um to do that against first place, it, it's class, and also being a, a bit of a Wigan lad. Well, being a Wigan yeah, lad, yeah. it's always good. Don't beating. You, don't it's always, you can be a bit of a no, I'm, 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 I'm a Wigan lad, <laughs> yeah. so it's always good beating the Saints. Yeah. Two tries for yourself today. You know, plenty of place, no plenty of pace, know where the line is. Fantastic. Yeah, and it's just the style we're playing at the minute. It, it's giving me them chances for open up and, and, and get to the line. So I'm really enjoying playing this under, under roles as well. It's him who's brought it in, and it, it's it's been new for me this year playing this style, mm. and and it's it's working. How is it new for you? Well, in the past it's always I've just never played this style of rugby before. There's there's a lot more freedom. That's what that's what could be the word is. There's a lot more freedom in the squad and. And even when it doesn't work, we're not scared of trying again and again. So it's good. It's all for team of the semi. Is that a flying wicker called Key Fielding? You could be our equivalent. Uh, well, hopefully, hopefully, if it's a big name like that, it's uh, it'll be a pleasure to uh, to, to be rated up there. Yeah, obviously in the six now. Uh, when do you start to dream? Um, if we beat Leeds next week. <laughs> <laughs> we beat Leeds next week because I think that's going to be one of our, like I said, they're, they're chasing the top six spot now. But on the flip side, we're not looking at that. We're looking up. We want to finish fifth now. now we're in the six. I know it's not cemented sixth, mm. but we're just looking up and chasing that fifth spot. Is that the big test? Obviously, we, we, we talked about minerals, don't we, a lot. But going to Leeds and beating Leeds, that's a sign. That is definitely a sign. Uh Leeds, Leeds fan base is unbelievable. I really enjoy playing there. To be honest, it's it's always um, a good atmosphere. Um, and then when we get our noisy bunch behind us, it'll be um, it's could be an enjoyable game. Brilliant. Thanks for talking to me. Nice one. Super. Cheers, fella. Brilliant stuff. Good winner. Good Brilliant that today. Fantastic stuff. All right, it's not quite to Guinness. Yeah, go on and pack Guinness now. So, Paul, you spoke to Dan Sideson. He said it was easy slipping back into this team after such a great performance. Yeah, one thing he said that made me smile was that he was named in the centres, wasn't he? Mm. Dion Cross was at fullback, and he said, Oh, I never look at things like that. I don't look at the team lineup. I thought, Well, you must, 
he was nowhere you playing though at the start of the game. He sort of made me laugh a bit that, but he's a he's a good character, isn't he, Dan Sargent? And I didn't realise he's only played like a game and a half so far this season. So he's been out for such a long time and he didn't look ring rusty whatsoever. He, he came in and he slotted straight into the team. So that's that's credit to him. You guys were saying before, weren't you, about where will Ryan Briley fit back in this week? But I know Greg Burke picked an injury up, so could Dan Sargent go in the pack to fill his space in? Because I don't think we're a wash for play. We've got nobody else, though, Rob. There's no other players to come in, I don't think. So, uh, Briley might have to go at full-back because I think we're really low on numbers. We're in an 18-man squad, didn't we? Unless you're going to put Reese Williams in the pack. So, be interesting to see what Paul Rowley comes up with this week. I mean, I know Harvey Levett and Shane Wright aren't a million miles off. Yeah, that... When I found out about, about Greg Burke being out, that's that's another one, another body that's gone out. How unlucky have we been with injuries? It's every week there seems to be somebody out, doesn't it? But no, going back to the point, without waffling on, I thought Dan Sargent was great. Good to see him back. Yeah, Louise, uh, Sam Luckless said he was proud of the boys' performance and, and now they've got that belief to go to that next level. I think winning breeds a winning mentality, doesn't it? And you get on that role of sort of winning and beating good sides, regardless of what people, Saints fans might say about injuries. You can only beat the team in front of you. You can only beat those 13 players on the pitch and obviously those coming on. So I think absolutely they should be proud of themselves. They should have confidence going forward. If they play like that, there aren't going to be many teams that can handle that in Super League. Mm. Parker? Uh, Joe Burgess says he enjoyed the style of, of play that we're playing. And I compared him to the legendary winger of Keith Fielding with his uh, clinical pace and his try scoring. Wow. Yeah, that's an accolade. I'll give him that. I mean, you would. If you were a winger in this team playing like that, you see, you know, Kenny Seal scored, what, 19 tries or something this year. Joe must be well into the teens now. You would, because the ball's getting moved about that much in the space out wide. And playing alongside Tim Lafay, who we mentioned him and we'll keep mentioning him, creating drives, that little flick that he's got. And it's all about that understanding between a centre and a winger. And since Joe's come back and Paul mentioned before about the Joe Burgess we'd signed, I think we're seeing it now. I think last year and this year he struggled quite a bit with injuries, hasn't he? And now he seems to be fully fit and happy and there aren't many better in the, in the league. And again, going forward to an England squad, you'd, you'd struggle to look past him on current form if you're picking players on form. I think him and, and, and Marshall at Wigan, the two great English wingers, Makinson's out injured. Don't know how fit he'll be by World Cup time. There's plenty, plenty of choice. Tom Johnson at, at Wakefield, who's injured in and out of the team all the time. I think for consistency at the moment, Joe Burgess must be in with a shout. I think he's been absolutely superb. And his pace, once he gets into the clear, I think that's what we saw it earlier in the season when he, he was still coming back a little bit from an injury. Is it the Leeds game where he tapped on the 20 and yeah. made us up? He didn't go the, the length. He didn't seem to have that pace. I think now if you do that, he would. Mm. I think he was just getting back to his his prime. and But even back then, I mean, Paul Rowley said, didn't he, at that time that, about England, about... You won't find a better winger in England at the moment. I think on form. I know it's easy to say when you're coming off a couple of wins and everyone's on a high, but I don't think there are many better than him. He was brilliant again. And in his interview, obviously he was buzzing and what he said after the game about he gave the minerals thing, didn't he? And all that to the, to the press. And he was having a joke. And it's good to see players smiling and be happy. And I think that, that comes out. I mean, Louise will tell you, if you're happy, 
you will play better. You are you'd like that in any job, isn't it? You walk in work, you've got a smile on your face. You're gonna, you know, you're enjoying your job. You, you're gonna do it that little bit better, <clears throat> and that's what it seems to be at the moment—a really happy camp. Yeah, talking about Paul Rowley. Here he is in coach's corner. <laughs> Coach's corner. Salford's uh, championship side of the semis were famous for throwing the ball about. Mm-hmm. A similarity today, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. So uh, that's a huge compliment um, because I, I know that the, the history of Salford, the heritage, that the seventies was a pretty special team. Um, Pleased to say that none of us were born then. <laughs> the late seventies, I was just crawling, I was crawling, but. Um, so yeah, so to be um, held in such high esteem yeah. and compared to that group doesn't go unnoticed and, and, and it's not brushed off by us. That's a real compliment. Uh, and so whilst I work there to witness it in the, in the, in the flesh, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure there's some uh, spectators here who are, who are probably uh, shedding a tear, reminiscing and, and, and really enjoying watching us at the minute as well. So, and that's really important to us as a group we want people to enjoy watching us, uh, and when we can, because we can feel the the passion there. Certainly, when we're defending our line uh, of late, our fans when we defend our line, they just they give us like it's unbelievable the the, the energy that they provide the team to the point where it becomes like we we, we enjoy just we enjoy it. Let them have another go, you know. It's it's uh, it's phenomenal, and I guess they'll tell you more about that. But yeah, to be to be to be compared to them them boys uh, is, is really uh, flattering and, and we really appreciate them, them them sort of sentiments yeah obviously you're going to be a danger if you do get in the, in the playoffs not long ago we got to a grand final just the same way yeah similar similar um, I, I was fortunate enough to be involved then so it was it was, it was similar uh, we had a, a decent run um, and yeah we had again there was a pretty pretty good group of, of guys there that just came together and uh exceeded all expectations so uh, it's important that we, we don't we're, we're very nervous about talking in that manner because a we, we're very respectful b we know our limitations uh but we, you know we know we we can we can do things as well so we, we just it's we, we much preferred the quietly going about our business route i know it's not good for the club but uh, us as players and staff we'll just keep uh, um under promising, over delivering that route suits me, um, and keep quiet, keep under the radar, and, and see what we can do. Yeah, Leeds next week. Latest minerals check, how do you? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we, we we obviously it's a tough challenge as as they all are, and, and everyone's desperate as well, aren't they? So uh, we'll just check our troops and and, and go there <clears> with uh, our usual attitude and, and see what happens. Brilliant. Thanks. Thanks. So that was Paul Rowley. Paul talking about the victory and he talked about the big hat tip for the t- to the team from the 70s who were famous for fast flowing rugby and he thought uh, that this team uh, is, is kind of sort of showing sort of similar attributes yeah well they're playing rugby league the right way aren't they I mean I think a lot of teams in Super League play a similar way you can be a bit up the middle can be quite robotic uh, where Salford and you know maybe St Helens one or two others the the you know, Catalans, I think, like to play that sort of brand where they move the ball wide. I think we do. I think our brand is exciting. 
it's not off the cuff, as Ryan Bradley rightly said. It's not. It's very planned. It's very articulate. But we tend to move the ball out wide. And I think, I think St. Helens were surprised by that. I think we took them by surprise. I think they thought they were going to roll up and steamrollers. They've got a big pack. We've got no forwards and the batteries. And I think with us moving the ball out wide, I think we took them completely by surprise. Don't think they were going to expect that really, because for me, we won that game in three quarters. We absolutely pummeled them. You look at Conrad Hurrell, good centre, Conrad Hurrell. Tim Lafayette, I mean, he pocket all afternoon. He had totally outplayed him. He put him on his back. He didn't know what, what day it was. And he's a quality player. So I think that's the way that game was won. I think Paul Rowland totally outcoached Christian Wolfe. And Wolfe's a good coach. He really is. He knows his stuff. He's a very disciplined man. We were stood outside that change room waiting for some interviews. And I tell you what, you could have heard a pin drop in St. Helens' dressing room. I don't know what he'd said to them players, but nobody said a word. It was so quiet and... We came out, Christian Wolf, and he must have given him the rounds of the kitchen, but it must have been very, very quiet like the way he'd done it. So uh, they all come out frightened to death, the Saints players, but it was it was a good day. Good day, and Paul Rowley did, did the business. Yeah, Louise talked about how the crowd affects the players, and he said it, it's a bit like 4,000 defenders helping to defend, and it, and it helps the players go to that next level. Yeah, 100%. On Sunday for us in the final... I don't really take much notice of what's going on around. I just concentrate what's going on on the pitch. But there was definitely points in that second half where we've done a lot of defending and could suddenly just hear our small pocket of fans, but they were making a lot of noise. And when we played at the stadium the other week, the Sulphur fans are a bit crazy. So when they're getting behind you, it just lifts you that little bit. And when you're doing a lot of defending, it's tiring and you're trying to keep that intensity up. We spoke about like, the first half especially like they were hunting in packs in defense and it was just so impressive but it takes its toll eventually and it sometimes just takes that little bit extra and if that comes from the crowd and I've been there on occasion as well and and they get right behind the, the lads and it's it really does help give them that extra little push so you haven't seen nothing yet uh, Louise you should wait till we all we all turn up big big time <laughs> oh, we're waiting for it <laughs> Uh, Park, he, he talked about the 2019 season, the similarities. He, he wanted to play it down, really, but we were the misfits then. Now we're the Mineral Reds. It's We're on the same path. Yeah, I was thinking about this earlier, the, the, the comparison between the two, and I think they are very different, but with, with a lot of similarity. I know it sounds a bit crazy, but you think of that team, I think I mentioned it last week or the week before, that, that team from 2019... It rarely changed. We didn't get injuries. We were very, very fortunate that year in many ways that our key players stayed fit right through. And this year it's not been like that. It's been a real, a real battle every week. And it's more it's more a spirit at the moment that seems to be with the team. I'm not taking away anything they do and the skill factor or anything else, but there is a a commitment that's getting us to this point that I don't know. I think Maybe were, were we better in in 2019? I don't know. Were we? I, we certainly were. We didn't have the flair we've got now, but we were very a bit like what you see at Huddersfield now under Ian Watson. Very mechanical. Very just get the job done, get over the line. You know, it, it wasn't as flash. This this is different, and this will scare teams again. Last week, you wouldn't want to play us in a one-off game in a playoff because we can do that. We we can easily tear somebody apart. But there are there are obviously comparisons. We that season we had a terrible start to the year, and then went on a run of what was it, one eight out of ten or something at the end of the year to make the grand final. Is it possible? Yeah, it is. It is possible. We just, as I said again, we just might run our bodies. That's our worry now. 
We are losing players again, one after the other, and that's that's what we didn't have in 2019 that got us to the final. I think this year it'll be a lot tougher for us, but why not? We, we've proven over the last five, six weeks how good we are against good teams. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Mineral Reds might, might go all the way. Mm. Spirit is temporary. Belief is permanent, Paul. And like Parky said, we, we've, we've got this belief now. And we're running out of bodies, but if we're all going in the right direction, it doesn't really matter how many bodies you've got left. As long as you feel 17, we'll go out and win it. Where do you get that catchphrase from? I just make them up. Just there. <laughs> it's a new one on me, that. No, I know, I know what you mean about like, the, the team's pretty tremendous. It really is. And I think, I've said it a few times on a podcast, I think what you've got there at Salford now is the good players, but I won't say they were great players, a lot of them. They're not international players, are they? But they're good people. They're, they're good people. They're good, honest people. And they all want to do a job. They all seem to come out of the change room with smiles on their faces. They're all get on well you can see that there's, it doesn't look to me like there's any big egos in there I think every single player does his job I think Paul Rowley gets the best out of him I think Paul Rowley's a very humble coach he doesn't get too worked up when they win I mean I, I did that interview with him on Sunday and I was trying to fire him up really asking him some of the questions and he played everything down and I come away from it thinking hmm, what does he feel like there but I do, I do get where he's coming from he's a professional it was just a win to him uh, and somebody said to me on the way out that, that win today was a bonus, the big games against Leeds. And I thought about it for a minute. I thought, yeah, he's right, really. That is a big, it's a massive bonus today, but the big game for us is now beating Leeds, who are, who are going for the playoffs with us. So, so yeah, I think Paul, yeah, he's, he's definitely instilled the belief into the players. He, he really has. And I think it's the, the workmanship that they're putting in, you know, the effort that they put in there every week. And that, that I don't know what the word is I'm looking for, but you, you can see it. I mean, I, I think there's the similarities to 2019 and the comradeship between the players. That, that sort of backs against the wall and nobody really thinks we're going to win sort of thing. I think that that's still there again. I don't think that a lot of people believe that we're going to win anything this season, but I don't know. You've just got to keep taking each game as it comes and chalking them off. That's the, that's the way that you do it. Like Parkey said, we could run out of numbers, which is possible, but you've just got to keep going and see where the roller coaster ride takes you, haven't you? Spirit is temporary. Belief is permanent, Louise. You can stick that on the dressing room wall if you want. I'll give you that one. Yeah, okay. We'll stick that one. We actually got some messages on Sunday and there's definitely some other things that we've taken from them as well. I'm not sure I can mention it on this podcast. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) So, talking stats, Callum Watkins, uh, 29 tackles. Andy Acker's 26 tackles. Elijah Taylor, 28 tackles. Ryan Land, 25 tackles. And... Alex Gerrard, 23 tackles, Parker. Phenomenal effort from our forwards against a, a big sex pack. Surprised it's that many, to be honest. I don't remember doing that much defending. Um, no, great effort again. It was, just, it was solid. We, we said before, I mean, Saints scored at the end there with Warms. They went, we defended five or six sets on our own line, gunned out of 12 men. That that looked like the only way they were going to break through us and, and the try from the scrum, obviously, which Wellsby got. Our defence was... Brilliant, and we were saying off air, weren't we, that the intensity of our defence, the speed off the line to close Saints down was was something that we've seen a bit recent, but nothing like that, not as, as quick and as intense. Saints didn't have time to breathe. Every time we got the ball, it was two or three Salford men, and it, there were proper big physical challenges going in, and, and I think 
when you look at that, what, four or five players, they're all getting 20-odd tackles in, in a game like that. In that heat, it was shared about, but some some phenomenal efforts there from, from these guys. And what, what will probably come out is that one or two of them players will also feature in other stats, topping them for what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd just like to go back, just before we carry on, about the team and, and, and where it is. For me, there's a player that, that typifies what Salford is at the moment, and it's Jack Ormanroyd. A guy that nobody would have fancied at the start of the year. Nobody thought he was going to be... And as the, you know, whatever, as the season's gone on, he has got better and better and better. And on Sunday, he was unbelievable. He, he didn't take a backward step against anyone. I remember early in the season, it looked like we were complaining, weren't we? Our forwards don't make meters, our backs look great, but they can't do anything because they're stuck in their own half. Jack Ormanroyd has, has just got to a level now where I think that confidence again, maybe that, that bit of love and everything else, he deserves and he's been he's, he was tremendous on Sunday and he sort of he is Salford at the moment he is he's not a fashionable player he's not the, he's not what people expect but he's just doing it week in week out mm. we all live in a Jack Armand world give you another one there Parker let's talk about the meter makers Tim Laffey 193 Joel Burgess 163 Brodercroft 145 Andy Acker 73 Callum Watkins 87 Alex Gerrard 64 and Jack Armandroyd 70 Louise forwards making big yards backs making big yards happy days yeah, absolutely. Love it when you get the forwards on a roll. Like, obviously, you know our team as well. Our backs always gets a lot, a lot of metres for us, but it's always the forwards that that obviously have to make those hard yards in it through through the middle. And let's be honest, Saints have got a big pack. So if you compare it to Salford, then metres are, are pretty impressive considering. Yeah, very, very impressive. Uh, big thanks for your three-word match reports of Man of the Matches. Ricky P and his dogs in sale. Legendary Salford performance. His Man of the Match was Brody Croft. Steve Bennett, Total Rugby League. Lafay Parker, you said skill, pace, power. Lafay, unplayable. Yeah, just, I don't I don't think there's much more you can say about Tim Lafay. I think Paul mentioned before about having an international, he's like having an international centre there. It was probably as good a performance as I've seen from a centre in, in a very long time. You can count the likes of Jamie Lyon. You know, he was he was probably the best centre that Super League had seen. I think as a one-off performance, it was as good as anything he produced. It was, it was just... Conrad Hurrell must have been spinning by the end of the game. His head fell off, I think. He just he was delighted when he went off with, with Cramp. He must have took a, a big sigh of relief. Thought, I don't have to face this for the next 10 minutes because... He, he just led him a merry dance. And what you like, Paul, said, so, you know, we're talking about Conrad, Conrad Hurrell, not just an all-soul run. Um, brilliant, Tim Lafayette the other day. Absolutely. But it could have been any of them. Could have been any. Mm. Uh, Paul Harmon, Reds marching in. Brody Croft, Chris Fisher, Salford on fire. Lafayette, Mike Farrell, never in doubt. Natalie Taylor, no words. Uh, uh, Mark, absolutely sublime. Rugby, Lafayette, Andy C, Saints, Chasing Shadows, Lafay, Paul. So, yeah, you know, great. David Hefferman, to a man, all fantastic, Lafay. Colin Reynolds, absolutely unbelievable performance, Lafay. James Hoskin, first-class rugby, Lafay. Tony Frame, never in doubt. OSF, blown, Saints away, Lafay. David Wallin, splendid, brilliant, superb, Lafay. Mike Whitby, absolute perfect performance, Lafay. Chris and Janet Shenton, the best ever, Lafay, 
Paul. How do you think it rates on the on the formations you've seen in a Salford shirt? I've seen good wins against Saints before. There's one that sticks in my mouth in the mid night when we had I think thirty or two in a midweek game. Uh, played in a blue kit at the Willows, but they weren't the champions then like they are now. So I think that's what tips it for me. That that's probably one of the best ones I've seen. I'd have to go through record books now, but it sticks out my mind. I can't think of anything as good as that. I mean, I come away from that game absolutely shaking on Sunday. Just I just enjoyed it so much. My mum couldn't go because she wasn't so well, so she just got out of hospital, so she missed it. She had it on the radio, and she couldn't believe it afterwards because. Uh, it was it was a great game, really great game, and uh, yeah, I think it's got to be in the top five of games I've seen, mate. Definitely, definitely. David Deakin not played better. Tim Lafay, Pete Brady, tons of minerals. Lafay, Mark Sarge, Budge, Tim, scary stuff. Nicholas Fletcher, brilliant, superb, amazing. Lafay, Anita, we want fifty. Uh, Lafay, Kez, Canine, absolute warriors. Sarge. Adam Wilde, first game back, Lafay. Uh, Colin Wilson, just gets better, Lafay. Eric Rawlson, absolutely wonderful stuff, Lafay. Tony Amani, Rowley Ball, Lafay. Louise, they do talk about playing the Paul Rowley way, and uh, Sunday was an example of that. Yeah, definitely. I've obviously been in, in and around the club. I always go up and see Marcel, and I bumped into Paul a few times, and it just feels like there's been a change in like the buzz around the club when you go upstairs and you bump into players and stuff. And obviously we've had a couple of captains run over the last few weeks as well. And the men have been on obviously the, the pitch next to us and there just feels like this, they're creating something and it feels special. I don't know if that feels like that as fans as well, but just being in and around the club. And obviously that has to come from Paul. Like, uh, you know, he's the one that's, that's sort of setting out that, that environment for the lads to be able to play the type of rugby they're playing and feel comfortable doing it as well. Because obviously you have to have a coach that allows you to to do that. Otherwise, it's the repercussions that come because if you make mistakes, but it doesn't feel like that for them. So, yeah, from someone who gets the opportunity occasionally to sort of like pop my head in and stuff, it just feels like a really, really good like atmosphere at the moment. And, and if that can lead to the type of rugby that they played on Sunday, it can only be a good thing. And as I said, obviously, Paul's helping create that, which is amazing. Yeah, we all, we're all living in a Paul Rowley world, Parky. Eh? Yeah, I mean, he deserves a lot of credit, doesn't it? Really does. He's he's taking the job. Did he want the job? We don't really know, do we? He wasn't he was he wasn't interested in coaching anymore. He was getting into the, the youth development side, wasn't he? And and that kind of thing. He's doing a great job there, setting up what we have now in the development squads and that sort of thing. And Richie Marshall was well, we we parted company, let's let's put it that way. And he, he stepped in and I, I don't know what how he's done it with with the injuries he's had to face as well and the bad luck and the fact you know we start off with the smallest squad in the Super League and the smallest budget in Super League. It, it, how he's managed what he's managed so far and this is why I've said all along it doesn't to me it doesn't matter if we make the playoffs now I'd love it to, I'd love us to make it but this year now has already been a success. No matter how you look at it, we said from the start of the season everybody including myself expected Salford to be in the bottom three. Well, I think we've proved that we're, we're a bit better than that. Mm. Uh, and how he's managed it with it, with what he's had. I'm not knocking the players by any means. That, you know, they've been brilliant. But in terms of getting bodies on the pitch, fit bodies on the pitch, he's worked miracles. And, uh, you know, all credit's got to go to him. And, and somebody said the other day uh, on, on social media about, you know, he start looking at coach of the year for people. And it usually goes to the champion team or whatever. 
There are times when I think I could coach St. Helens, I'll be honest. <laughs> right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fancy Paul Rowley's job. Do you know what I mean? It's a different, it's a different problem, isn't it? You know, if we'd have finished near the bottom, nobody would have cared. Now we're ruffling a few feathers and, well, you know, what, what a job he's done. He has. He has done a fine job and I'm good to see you throwing your hat in to the, the St. Helens job when uh, Wolf does decide it's time to go. I'll get him relegated, don't worry. <laughs> So that's all, all the chat about the men. And now we'll talk about the ladies. Louise, great victory in the Cup, cup final uh, against Oral. You won 20 points to eight. What an amazing win out. And did it feel? Yeah, it felt good. It's really hard to put into words. I think for a lot of us, it's probably still sinking in, to be honest. Obviously, back in November when we were trialling and getting offered sort of places in the, the first team squad and stuff. And you don't think at that point that there's any chance that you'll make a final and that the first final that as a group of players that you play together, that you win. It's 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 pretty amazing, to be honest. It's really difficult to explain how it feels because it's 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 a really new feeling. I've, you know, I've have been in cup finals before in different sports. I've won cup finals before a long time ago now. It feels really, really different because it, it, it feels special because we've created this you know, with the help of a lot of people, don't get me wrong, but, you know, the players have come together over a really short space of time. We've managed to, to as I say, win our first cup final, which, yeah, you can't write that, can you? What was the build-up like going into the game? Obviously, it's a big game. There have been players who have played in cup finals or haven't played in cup finals. What was what was the mood like? Where did you go? Yeah, so... Generally, we're, we're quite chilled and we try and keep our sort of match days the same, you know, the same warm up, as you know, me and Demi have certain certain things we like to do. But in general, we keep things the same just so that every game is just like the, the next one and the last one. No different just it being a cup final. But I think the coaches and the guys behind the scenes wanted to make us understand like the importance and what, what we've managed to achieve is special regardless of the result. And, you know, they put no pressure on us whatsoever. But it was just to sort of just make it clear to us that the club are proud of us, the, the start, you know, the coaching staff and the guys behind the scenes, Marcel, Fish, Sam, they're all proud of where we've got regardless of the result. So we ended up having sort of a, a team feed and, you know, it doesn't take much persuading for, for the girls to have a team feed. So we had a breakfast at Chevy Sharks just down the road from Oral. So it was really lovely. So and obviously big thanks go to them for letting us use their clubhouse. It was it was amazing. I, I wasn't expecting it. Walked in, banner up on the wall, balloons, you know, breakfast set out. It was it was just really nice to be able to, as a team, have breakfast together Really, really chilled. It was lovely. And then we had a few good luck messages. You guys are on there. Thank you for that. You know, trying to choke us all up <laughs> just for a game. And then, yeah, and then they sort of put a bit of a montage together of sort of our journey so far, which was lovely. And I don't know, I can't obviously speak for everyone, but for me, it didn't feel like any extra pressure. It just, it, it just sort of like made it really clear of, of, you know, this is how far you've come. And regardless of the result, we should be really proud of, of of getting here in the first place. So it was a really, really good morning. We did it in one take as well, didn't we, Parker? Obviously. Um, <laughs> hey. um, I think the thing that's that's kind of stood out for us all year, and we, we, we say every week, we, the commitment and the, the attitude that the girls have shown in, in such, in coming together in, in such a short space of time, 
to become this team that they, they it has been, I'm going to say it again, you know, if you're going to play podcast bingo, we get this every week, it's been the good news story. It really is. And we were saying off air, have you got that one? Yeah. It's off air, you know, the feel about the club at the moment. The last sort of year to 18 months have been, there's something going on at the club. And you ladies have, have been a major part of that now. You've, you've given us, I don't, I don't know what it is, but it was like, uh, even when it first started, it, it was a, a belief that this was going to happen. This was going to be something. It wasn't, you know, Paul King had said it already and others that this, this wasn't, you know, a box ticket exercise. This was this was real. We've got aims of, of being a Super League team and how quick it was going to happen. And I said earlier in the year, so this year will be a, a bit of a learning curve, you know, everyone getting together and playing together and, Maybe, and I didn't realise until a few weeks ago, it's been mentioned by various coaches, that some of the girls never played the game before, didn't know the rules. And you, you wouldn't, that, when you hear that, you think, well, they've got no chance. What, you know, how, you can't, you're not going to win anything if you don't know how to play the game. And then week on week, it's just got better and better and better from that, that first friendly against Swinton to where, where you were last weekend. I mean, that, that could take years to get to that level and it hasn't, it's taken months and it, it's just all credit to the work that you've put in and those extra hours, like you said, on Monday, all right, you might get a, a Calvary after it, but, you know, the work that, that gets put in then, you don't have to, you're not getting paid for this. And, and the other side of it is, and like I mentioned before about, you know, Cal Watkins and Ryan Braley being Salford fans, you guys, most of you, no connection to, to Salford, but you're actually putting that shirt on representing us in a manner that, that, that has given us this pride, and that's why you know we're we're, we're just I, I know I'm going to speak for everybody here, but we're just just so delighted we got the result on Sunday that you know again you give us that buzz on top of what we had on Sunday, it it just made everything feel so much better. Mm. So let's start talking about the match now, Louise. Early in in the game, they turned over the ball from kickoff. Brogan Evans went close, and then Riven Riven is a dancer. McKeown was the answer. First try, settled the nerves. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we put pressure on in defence. They make a mistake. As you say, Brogan goes close. And then we just set up our processes. It was just a simple block play. If you speak to Luce, she she was trying to draw the defender in to actually shoot the ball out to, to Lauren on the wing. But the defender just never, just never came towards her, never came to tackle her. So she just went over, you know, as she does. So, yeah, like fitting that she scores in the final because she's been outstanding for us all season. You know exactly what she's about. She, she, she's outstanding. So what you're telling us now, she's accidentally scoring tries now. Yeah, <laughs> she said to me, like, yeah, literally, if you watch, I don't know if you've seen the, the, the video, but it literally looks like they're just backing off her and backing off her and, like, she's getting closer and closer to the line. So, you know, someone like her is going to go over. New travels fast. All the is backing off now. She gets it on it. Trust me. Uh, what it's sort of made me think, though. We scored, right, and we literally ran straight back to the, to the centre circle. Was that excitement that we scored and let, let's go again, or was that... Let's kick it off quick so they don't have much time to regroup. I think it's just 
it's that sort of showing willing and that intensity that we want them to see. We want them to know that our fitness is better than theirs. We want them to know that our attitude is better than theirs. It's just all about the optics. So for us, if us jogging back, you know, it's a couple of minutes in, that's nothing to us. You know, we're going to be grinding that out. We'll still run back to the halfway line on 79 minutes. Do you know what I mean? So I think if you can get even those small, you know, we talk about one percenters and even if that's on a psychological level of going, we're sprinting back up to halfway line. You, we're ready for kickoff. Like as soon as, as Demi kicks this and kicks it over as she does, mm. we're back. We're ready. Let's go. You know, we we want more. Whatever it was, it worked. Next set, their fullback knocked on. Taz went from dummy half, gave it to Alex Simpson, and she does the rest. Salford ten nil up. Ten minutes gone. Yeah, so obviously you've had Batesy on a lot and he talks about getting your head up and playing what you see. And we'd actually set, if you, again, if you look at the video, we, we were set on the right. We, we'd got our shape sorted. We knew what we were playing. And I literally looked up and just saw the numbers and I just shouted, left. And Taz, what a ball from Taz out to Alex. And, and you know, when Alex gets that ball, she, she's always going over. Again, I have so much confidence in, in her ability, whether she's beating... Uh, five six players or she, she's going through just a couple you know you can you know bet your house on her uh, going over from that distance out yeah for alex and is it sadie rihari the other center both yeah. sensational i thought on the edges paul and obviously 10 nil up in the cup final sort of as a fan you dream about that don't you yeah you certainly do it was a great start to the game and you know we like this season now, I, I'm with what Park said before, you know, we wasn't sure how things were going to go, you know, a new team and as you said, people who'd not played the, the game before. I know I wasn't at the game on Sunday, but I didn't really have any worries about it because every week the result just comes in and I expect the ladies to win now. So I think they must have got that belief between themselves now. I think they must be so confident going into games when you are winning matches. And like you said, the professionalism that they show the dedication, the show, we had Chris on last week, didn't we, the dedication he shows. We mentioned that he's got a full-time job, as as you all have, you guys, and you, you know, you're you not doing it to get paid for it, you're doing it in your own time, and it's it, tremendous, really, tremendous, and that good start that you got, stood you in good stead. Yeah, Oral did push at that point, Louise, Sadie intercepted, ran 60 yards, gave it to Lauren Ellison. Unfortunately, the pass was judged forward, but it shows how good our strike is that we can turn defensive into attack straight away. Yeah, definitely. It's something we've been working on, you know, week in, week out. I think Batesy sort of said to you that as a group of players, we came up with our goals for the season. Obviously, that's one ticked off. But... <laughs> Within that, obviously, we put that to the coaches and they're setting out, obviously, sessions each week and to get us where we need to be. You have sessions to go to plan and aren't, aren't as good as you want them, but ultimately they're there to get us where we want to be. Um, and part of that is being able to go from, from defence into attack. And I back our defence all day long. I really do. We know we're good going forward. We know we can put on shape. We know we've got, you know, those sort of those magical players that can can turn nothing into something you know so it's just about giving them the platform to do that and and I think it's we've got so many players that have that ability to just get the ball and, and make something happen which I mean Sadie I mean I don't think it was forward but the rest 
Brett obviously decided it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, even just that, you know, just that quick thinking. And Lauren, you know, once she pins her ears back, there aren't many people catching her. I don't know if you saw that the girl, the oral girl, actually shoved her teammate into her to try and stop her. That's the only way that they could catch her. Panic, panic defence, they call it. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Super Sadie, uh, she was the next try scorer. Love work by yourself, short side, boom. There you go. Yeah, so again, we'd set, we were putting pressure on. Again, I actually think we'd set the other way. We'd set up a bit of shape and I just saw, I think they'd numbered up okay, but looking at the girls, they didn't look like they fancied it. So I just shouted to Brogan to shoot me, passed me to Sadie. And again, from five metres out, Sadie's going over every single time. There's not many people that are going to stop her from there. You know, she was devastating against Dewsbury the week before and, and I think she showed that again on Sunday just her, her her quality Yeah, four tries in two games but I think it was the defence as well because she was like leading the, the charge on that side of the field Yeah, we can talk about the, the tries all day but I think it's the defensive effort that, that people notice Yeah, absolutely Like I joked around with her before when, when I saw, obviously the injury to Steph is was was awful for for her, but for all of us as well. Sadie coming in has obviously given us a different a- aspect to centre. They're very very different players, so it's not like she's been a direct replacement for Steph, but she gives us something else. And I sort of said to her, I said, if you're coming on my on my right edge, you know, it's a mentality, it's a it's a lifestyle. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's a lifestyle. <laughs> you've got, you've got you know. It's not just about the attack because we know, you know, we, we, we're good in attack, but it's that defensive side as well. And I take great, great pride in making sure, you know, no one comes through on our edge. And and there's times where she's like, Lob, Lob, get out, get out, let me come in, let me come in. And I'm like, oh, you go for it. You, you go and smash some people. That's fine. <laughs> um, she she does. She, she absolutely loves to defend, which which is awesome. As you know, you've you've seen Steph's exactly the same. Lauren's, I I don't know how she tackles some of the people she does. So, um, yeah, Sadie's awesome in defence. Kaki, we are the right side. We're stronger than you. That's the chant. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up with them tonight. So yeah, throw in there somewhere. <laughs> so. Coming up to the second half, Louise, coming up towards the end of the first half, both teams had chances. Demi Jones kicked to the corner. Alex Simmons not able to gather. Oral made a break, 60-metre break. Brogan Evans made a nuisance of herself and they spilled the ball. And then Kayleigh Bradshaw had a bit of white line fever and, and dropped it with a metre out. But, you know, at that point, we're leading 16-0 uh, and we're in a box seat. Yeah, absolutely. I think... You know, people always ask you before a cup final, are you nervous? Are you nervous? And it's like, well, I wasn't until you asked. Um, but <laughs> like, um, I, I, and it's probably going to sound overconfident, but I honestly just, I have so much belief in this squad hmm. that I think if we can play to our ability, I'm not concerned. You know, if we stick to our processes, if, you know, and that's the whole point. That's what the coaches instill in is that as long as we stick to our processes, that doesn't mean we don't play, you know, some expansive rugby you know I think it was it Ryan who said you know it might look like it's off the cuff but it, it's not you know we, we we do have set processes and I think I honestly believe that if we stick to that and we play to even 60 70 percent of our potential there's not many teams especially in our league that are gonna they're gonna trouble us so I think 16-0 up I was quite happy you know I like I, I thought that 
if we needed to turn it on and really up it, then we need we, we could. But ultimately, our defence is strong. They need to score. You know, we don't at that point. So I was I was relatively happy in that sense going into into half time. Obviously, being the captain at half time, what what did you do? Did you did you stand up and give everyone like a massive sort of shouting session, or did you just just what did you do? You're the captain. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm not the loudest actually in in the change room. I think I try and lead by example, mm. uh, and I think I think if I was to stand up and shout in the change room when we're sixteen nil up, I think that would be sort of too out there, and I don't think it would work with mm. with the girls. To be honest, I think. I have had to, you know, there's been games. I think it was the, the first Jewsbury game, the home game. We'd just conceded the second try and, you know, they're getting back into the game and, and it's that whole, they're getting a roll on type thing. And then I did have some words to say, but I think for the, the sort of character I am and the way I try to lead is, as I said, by example. And I think, I think there's a time and a place and, and it wasn't that on Sunday. It didn't need it. There, there were enough things being said by the coaches. And ultimately, we knew that if, if our defence held strong, we've won, we've won the cup, you know. So I think it's sometimes less is more when it comes to sort of, you know, trying to say too much when, they, when it's not needed. Mm. Second half started. Uh, Oral knew they had to do something uh, to get back in the contest. They scored first sort of around the edge of our defence, went over in the corner, 16-4. What was your thought process at that point? Obviously, they scored first in the in the, in the second half. What were the nerves like behind the posts? Um, I think we were probably just more frustrated than anything. I, again, like I say, I don't think... I mean, I wasn't particularly nervous. I didn't think that they were better than us on, mm. on the day. So it didn't feel at that point like it was anything really to be worried about. Let's say frustration, obviously, because, you know we don't like to concede especially if you look at our results over the last few weeks we've conceded very few points and we sort of take great pride in that so I think it's more that than anything and I'm sure Batesy sort of said it that if they were coming through the middle and scoring through the middle then then that's sort of like an individual error or, or player error whereas if they're getting around the edges it's a system error so you know we can take that and we'll we'll work on that and obviously there's certain teams where we need to be able to change that shape in defense but that's something that we definitely talked about anyway that we know that we need to work on so frustrating but but not the end of the world at that point yeah you took the frustrations out on oral uh lauren ellison with the next try you Lucy McKeown linked up, sent Super Sadie through a, a gap. She found Laura Ellison on the on the wing. She crashed over in the corner. Salford led 20 points to four, 20 minutes to go. Yeah, like I've watched that try back a couple of times. I think it's a great try, um, obviously. Um, no, because <laughs> I made it. <laughs> No, so it, it, again, it's it's a set play. So it actually starts, obviously, I don't know whether it was Brogan or, or Taz in at hooker, but it actually goes from Demi to me. So we set it like that on purpose. We're maybe a little bit wider of the post than we would normally set. So it gives us a bit more space. Yeah, Demi to me. I've got a little, I think um, Meg runs my block. And then you've got probably Helena, I'm guessing, at second row at that point, who, who does a block run for loose. I know that if I get her the ball, she she'll engage that defence every single time. And Sadie's line was just amazing. And then then the hands to be able to offload it to to Lauren while she's got a couple of players on a yeah, a great try. And then Lauren there, you're not stopping her. It was sensational, I, I thought. Twenty points to four. Oral came out as then, we have to be said. Heroic defence from us. 
sliding defence was awesome. The wingers coming in, stop, sort of, sort of condensing the defence, and then you've got the slide uh, coming across. Always getting the numbers right, and uh, yeah, they tested us, you know, for for a long time, and, and we didn't break. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, I really do back our defence. Um, we do slide well. We do stack in a bit and sort of like umbrella round when we can. Mm. Um, so, yeah, Katie Gary, who's That's on it, the Gary. Left, Not great. Uh, <laughs> who's, who's on the on the left now, she's sort of bought into that as well. So that definitely gives us that, that sort of added on that side. And I think, you know, with the pace of sort of Lauren, she's able to to get across and and if she's not, there's one of one of the rest of us there as well. And I think mm. we I think we definitely held them up. I don't know, there must have been four or five of us at one point holding holding a girl up on the line and you know, she made a comment of, Well, that was good. It was like, Well, yeah, it yeah. was. And then I think uh, I don't know what she was playing. If she was playing loose, she sort of like went went trying to crash over in the middle. And again, mm-hmm. Lucy's there, body under the ball. You know, I'm tugging back on her arm to to just ensure that she's short of the line. And we did a lot of that. But I th- again, I think we just take great pride in it. Like you know, I will happily defend as much as I need to as long as we can keep them out. And you know, it's putting bodies on the line and it hurts. But ultimately, it's a cup final, so you, it it should. You should hurt at the end of a cup final, do you know what I mean? And it mm. should feel like you've been in a battle. And I know Demi spoke about it last week, didn't she? About, you know, being in a battle, going to war. And that's how it feels and that's how it should. So that at the end of it, you know, then the result sort of takes care of itself. Yeah, Paul, when you see your team putting bodies on the line, it means everything, in it, especially the cup final. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, I mean, it's commitment, isn't it? And, and that will to win, that's what gets you over the line, doesn't it? And, you know, just just there. You know, talking about before the game, that anticipation of going to war. You know, you you're prepared for it, and you? you know it's it's going to be tough. You're not going to go to a cup final and not get hurt. It's like mm-hmm. going swimming and not getting wet. You, you've got you've got to you've, you've got to. You know, there's all sorts of conundrums that you can say and things like that. But you you know what's going to happen, don't you? So um, you've just got to work through, through that. And in the final, there's no better way to do that. It's a professional performance. You know, that that's what it's all about to to bring that trophy home. Yeah, overall, this is out dry, kicked to the corner, the player offside, and then they scored with about 10 minutes to go in the other corner. Um, 20 points to eight at that point, Louise. Obviously, you know, you've you said you've backed the defence. Was the plan to, to, to kind of squeeze them? Because our next set, we you kind of kicked, sort of chipped and chased to sort of press their fullback in, and they never really recovered from that. Yeah, I think. You know they'd had a lot of ball in our in our half, and it's then about we sort of had a bit of a reset. Our forwards work tirelessly week yeah, in week yeah. out. They really really do. I mean I watched the, the the full game back, and like Meg was phenomenal. And you just don't you don't see it because they're not the players that necessarily you know run 80, 90 yards and and, and score you know these spectacular tries. But the work they do for us is just immense. And you know. That goes in defence as well. When when teams are trying to come through the middle, you know, they're the ones putting their bodies on the line. So, you know, if we can try and pin them in and, and we've got certain calls, you know, where we will put that little bit of extra extra pressure on, like like the lads did on Sunday in that first half where they were sort of hunting in packs and, and really putting the pressure on, you know, it's, you know, the 70th minute and we're still trying to defend like that because we know that if we put that pressure on, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to stay in there, you know, keep them in their 30. And and ultimately, if we we keep them in their 30, 
they can't score. And then again, we've we've won the cup. So I think that was just that maybe that little bit of a switch from us that right there's 10 minutes left here they've just scored let's not let them get down in our half again and and I think we we did that pretty successfully towards you know in that last 10 minutes I think although we were putting a lot of effort in the pressure was sort of on them in the sense of it was more in their half than ours big moments come from big players Parker and game management it was one of them and I thought that was a big moment little chip and chase pin the fullback and it just it just changed everything in 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 that last sort of 10 minutes Parker yeah, well, a few a few things from that, to be honest. One, you mentioned, you know, Meg there and, and, and players like her who do them, them them little things that people don't always see or don't always get the credit for. And, you know, it's another one of my sort of old favourites, really. You can't, you're not going to win anything without players like that in your team. Those players who just do the work and don't don't need the credit, don't need it, you know, they just get on with what they do. And every every successful team will have players like that who just put the graft in every week. And yeah, set a platform for you. Going from that is, is what I've heard all the way through is uh, about the defence, about you know trusting in the defence, and and it's something you say every week, Robin. You know, again another old adage, but defence wins your games. Mm. And if you know your team can attack like ours can, you just get that defence sorted. You're gonna again, you're gonna win more than you're gonna lose. It's as simple as that. But again, yeah, you've gone on about big players in big games, and that's why you know. Louise is the skipper, that's why, you know, and, and Demi's been put in a role at, at Scrum Out to do what she... They, these players are there for a reason. Mm. They, they know how to control the game. I was just listening then throughout, and, you know, if this sounds condescending, somebody please tell me, because it's not supposed to. But the technical speak is unbelievable. For, for a team that have been together for a few months and didn't play the game, some of this is, is unbelievable. You're like, what? Well, hang on, what? what? I wasn't expecting any of that. And they all know. And they all, this has been learned in no time. This is the effort that's been put in to get to results like that. And that's the work that goes on behind the scenes. And I was just, I, I'm just blown away. Listen, I think, no, no wonder they're so good. Yeah. They're the, the talking there uh, uh, with skills and a level that are way beyond where they are. You know what I mean? These, these are. The top Super League teams, in, in, certainly in the women's game, but that's the kind of thing they've been doing for a few years. You know, not not a few months. This team's just been put together, and I was blown away. Then I was absolutely, I was just like, what? You know, you're going about blockers and some of the some of the you know the the runners and the fact that you know you, you've got these plays together with you and Demi. You know, standing wider than the, from the post than you would normally, and things like that. And I can I can see what you were saying and thinking. Oh, it's just—it's not just made up. This, this is this is worked, and this is you know really quality stuff. Uh, overall, that's why you have players like Louise in your team to to kill that game, to put the ball where you needed to put it, to turn them around, defending their half. They're not. They, it's a lot lot harder to score unless you, you know, the Salford's men's team who score from all over. But uh, no, just just brilliant, and everything I've heard there just. So impressed, and obviously we've seen them a few times. I've not watched the whole game yet. I've got so far into it, so I'm now really looking forward to that, and I'm probably picking out a bit more of the technical stuff rather than worrying about what point the tries come in. No, brilliant, and uh, I'm just yeah, I'm absolutely blown away. So the final whistle goes, Louise. Talk us through that feeling. 
to be honest, I've just done the last, just the, the last two tackles, like so made a tackle, then made the next one from marker, and I was shattered. So I sort of was still on the floor, and I just remember Helena because Helena was in multiple tackles with me time and time again. I know you had her on the other week, and she's just turning into a little superstar as well. She just come and picked me up off the floor, and it like it was just. You obviously you've seen the pictures and the videos of the celebrations. I think it was just that sort of you know that culmination of wow we've done this and obviously every yeah the scenes that's all I can say absolute scenes. <laughs> yeah, Helen is the glue that sticks everyone together. That's that's why that's why I call her. Yeah, she's absolute quality. You know, she's obviously played in a lot of different positions, but I've been lucky enough to have her as as my second row on the right edge and and. She's just, she's so willing to listen and, you know, she gets frustrated with herself, like, you know, when we're on captain's run and she's not getting her line right and, you know, we, we, we'll we just talk it over and, and she's, she was outstanding, but her defence is just, because she's, she's not the biggest, like, if you've had the conversation with her, like, she's been put in a prop and she's not the size of a prop, but the way she tackles, like, I just... Again, you know, I've said it, the defence of the whole team, I, I have absolute confidence in. But, you know, when someone's come back from the injury that she she had, you know, we want to protect her. We want to protect her, you know, as best we can. But she's just all in, absolutely all in, smashing people. But, yeah, you know, her coming along, picking me up and, and then just joining in with the rest. Yeah. So we're all celebrating on the pitch after the game. You're making your way up to the, the balcony to pick up the uh, the shield trophy. Uh, you get the you get handed the trophy as as the captain, and you and you lift it. So talk us through that moment. Yeah, so I took Steph up with me because she's obviously been made vice captain. So I thought she's been one of the big reasons that we've got to a final as well. Took her up with me, and it's really difficult to describe. To be honest, I've never as a captain, I've never lifted a trophy, so that was a new experience for me. But I think I was just more so happy for. All the rest of the girls, I really was like, you know, I, I don't tend to get nervous. I'm more like I get anxious for them, you know, when we play previous teams or their ex-teams and I know how much it means to them. I get sort of like nervous for them. I'm not really bothered about me. And I think on Sunday it was just I could just see how like how hard everyone's been working and how much effort people have been putting in. And it just was just like that, that sort of proud moment for everyone, really not like, you know, it's great that I get to lift the trophy, but, but ultimately it's not just me on the pitch, is it? You know, it's not just me doing extras. So I think for me, it was more just being surrounded by them and being able to lift the trophy and just see how, you know, how happy everyone was. It was a really, really good experience. I when uh, Sofa got promoted in two thousand and three, I didn't come down for about three days. Have you come down yet? Back down to earth with a bump, but uh, when I was due at work at like eight o'clock on Monday morning, yeah. Uh, I mean, we went out Sunday night. I think Batesy's probably said that regardless of result, we were we were going to go and be a team and and go out as a team because of the achievement of getting to a final. Obviously. I honestly thought it was only going to go one way, but that's just because I have that such belief in our, us as a team. We didn't want to go too crazy in organising massive, you know, gestures and things like that. And we just had a sort of a, a basic plan of, of our sort of where we'd end up and and 
The girls can celebrate, that is for sure. Yeah, the girls can definitely celebrate. But they, you know, they deserved it. We deserved it. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, we've just had training tonight, as you know, and I think we were brought back down to, definitely brought back down to earth in the first session. First part of the session was fitness. So I think we're all at that point now. And I think we were just hungry now to to crack on to, to the next game, which is obviously next Wednesday. So I think we're all just sort of now... It is wonderful. It is great, but we now need to concentrate on on the next game. Yeah, talking about Chris Bates. Here he is now. Coach's corner. All right, Chris. Congratulations on your first trophy as Salford Devils lady coach. How do you feel? Yeah, th- thanks very much. Um, I think it, it feels fantastic. It feels fantastic, and I think the most pleasing thing about it is that I said to. You know the other two coaches. Um, it was Wednesday. It just feels a privilege to be around the group. They are a really special group, and and they work really hard, and they deserve all the plaudits they get. So, you know, fantastic to see them go out there and, and be successful. And you know, I suppose all of us like to think we played our small part in it. Um, but the, you know, without the the extras they do on Mondays, without the, um, the way they apply themselves in training, the way the continuous kind of drive from the likes of Lobby and Lucy to to be better and make sure attacking shape's good without the the kind of effort they put into making sh- into defending our goal line, then we wouldn't have that trophy. So um, I think all, all credit to the players, really. But it's a, it's a special feeling, I think, for all of us. Cup final rugby is always pressure, and we dealt with that with two tries in the first 10 minutes, which was great. So in terms of dealing with pressure, um, the group are really resilient, aren't they? So you know, you've got to look at some of the situations we've been in this year that we've coped with. Um, you know, coming back from Luna's in our first, coming back from, um, you know, losing it with kind of three or four minutes on the clock against Luna's and so on, to know that that group mentally are quite are, are quite tough. Um, so I wasn't surprised to see us cope with the pressure. I thought we warmed up well. Um, I thought our intensity around our warm was good, but it, it was focused. It wasn't nervous, um, which was great. And, um, and so really, I suppose at that point in the day, I wasn't surprised to see us score early. I think the only thing that would have stopped us doing that was was Oral perhaps coping with the pressure a little better than they did, but they didn't. Um, they made an error and um, and we, we managed to, to post scores quite quickly by doing what we do. So we played through our, our structures to the right edge for Lucy to find space and then Taz kind of we got a, a collision one kind of on their ten. Taz is allowed to pick up and go and find Alex in space. So, you know, it was good to see that that, that pressure and the, the kind of magnitude of the occasion wasn't impacting on how we play. Um and I think from from probably from probably 10-15 minutes in I think we probably quietly felt quite confident on the sideline really We were 16 up at half time in the cup final what was the dressing room like? At half time the dressing room was really relaxed um, we we had a lead to defend didn't we it's a position we want to be in I think when you look at our league form we've conceded 100 points in 10 games um, or 9 games so 11 points a game so being 18 nil up if we do what we what we know we can do and defend the way we have been defending, then you know you back us to win that game and and that was my message to the to the, to the team really. I felt we were playing within ourselves a little bit and I felt that we were um, perhaps going away from the stuff that served us so well. Um, maybe that's to be expected and maybe I'm contradicting myself with the with the kind of answer I gave you about pressure. Um, but ultimately, if they don't score, we win that game. That was where we were at half time and that's probably quite a quite a good position to be in really, um, especially in a group that that you know like like they are the the resilience and they back themselves so yeah at half time we were we were absolutely fine 
The second half was more of a tense affair. Oral tested our defence to breaking point, but your ladies held firm. Yeah, this, the second half, it, it's a mad game, rugby league, isn't it? So I really felt like they that like they grew into it. So they had a couple of you know three, I think, Super League players in from St. Helens and, and Wigan respectively that, that they drafted in for this game and. Um, and they did start to step up. So, in particular, their six was a girl called Molly, plays at Wigan. Um, we know her well from playing her earlier in the season. Um, and she started to chime in a little bit more and started to pick the ball up in good ball and um, started to kind of drift across our line looking for runners. And both their tries came from that. Ultimately, we, we, we kind of made some strange decisions ourselves, trying to offload when it wasn't necessarily on and trying to force our hand a little bit. Um, but but equally, you know, let's not hide from it. We got absolutely nothing. Um there, there were some calls in there that that you know that felt harsh, um, and it, and I think talking about resilience and and belief of the group, I think the the position we kind of found ourselves in in the second half, um, I'm really proud of the way the players reacted to it. So I, I played in and watched many teams that that you know feel like they get the world's against them a little bit, and and we'll show that with you know quite visceral reactions that give away penalties for dissent and. Sometimes people are sat on the sideline for a little bit, if not the rest of the game, and and we didn't do any of that. We didn't give one penalty for dissent. We didn't give one, um, you know, we didn't kind of react adversely to to any of those kind of calls. We we sucked them up and we backed our defence, um, and that was probably the story of the second half. Really, um, we got very few kind of opportunities to get into good ball, and and but we did defend our line with with real steel. So I'm I'm really proud of them for that, and I hope that that's something that. As a group, they, they continue to to do as we move through the rest of the season. I, I do think that we'll be having a strong look at our part in that, though. To be fair, I think we we did kind of give the opportunity for calls to be made, and okay, those calls didn't go against us. But if we don't give that opportunity, then those calls aren't there to be made. And sometimes we we perhaps need to learn how to just drop into to really grinding the game out. And I think we'd have ended up probably a little bit more comfortable if we'd have done that. But you know, you live and learn with these things. Enjoy your season full time. As the first half of your domestic double was secured, what was the dressing room like after the game? The dressing room after the game was absolutely mad. Um, it was phenomenal. We were outside for ages with the trophy, trying to, you know, it's it's tough trying to get back in the dressing room afterwards. Anyway, um, all at the same time, there's always parents and supporters that people want to go and speak to. Um, but it took forever, and it was baking hot in there, so we kept it pretty short and pretty sweet inside. We just, um, you know, sung the victory song and and. Um, and yeah, got straight into the celebrations, really, and deservedly so. So, you know, the girls have had Monday off training, which is great. I did say to them, we did tell them that we were going to do that. We did ask them to go and make plans to get out as a group, win or lose. That's not, absolutely not us being complacent um, or confident. That If they'd have lost, I, I would have wanted them to go out and celebrate the, the occasion that they've done so well to get to. Um you know, I, I, that that kind of felt right to us as a, as a, as a coaching and I suppose as a management team. Um, it, it was it was just brilliant. It was brilliant to see smiles on faces and and people starting to realise the the kind of magnitude of of what they've achieved that day. And um, and and I think, like you've said a few times, they, they've now got a place in history and deservedly so. Um, I will really boringly finish that up by saying that we now need to get our nose back to the grindstone very quickly. We have two very tough games coming up in quick succession. Um, and, and we can't slip up. We are up at the top of that league. If we win all our games, we're in the league by a point. That's our job. So, you know, we celebrated hard on Sunday. I'm sure there were some bad heads on Monday. But we've got to get over that quickly. We're into training Wednesday. And, um, yeah, we'll we'll probably put that league cup behind us. And, we'll you know, the next time we want to celebrate again is, is the end of the season, really. 
So that was Chris Bates, uh, Paul, talking about the victory on Sunday. He's full of praise about the special group that, that he coaches and how they, they dealt with the, the pressure of, of being in the cup final. Yeah, and um, can't speak Chris's uh, praises highly enough when we had him on the podcast the other week. I thought he spoke so well. A very intelligent man, knows what he wants from his team. And just listening to Louise tonight, I mean, I was blown away listening. Parky stole my thunder. I was just listening to her talking about the detail that she went into. I, I think that's absolutely tremendous. And like Chris is the same, leave no stone unturned. And, and that's how you should be as a sports person. And that, that's why Louise is captain of the team. You can tell that by the way she spoke tonight on the, on the show. Absolutely outstanding. And Chris is the same. I think you've got a really, really good team there. And and that, that team can go as, as far as they want to go, I think. I think this is just a start of something, isn't it? I mean, you've won a final now. You've got to kick on now. And just with what Louise said there about they're looking forward to the next game, they're not resting on the law. It's not like putting the cue on the rack saying, yeah, we've won a trophy. They're looking forward to the next game. That's that's what a professional winning team would do. Looking forward to that next game and what they can achieve next. The hunger's there. Yeah, what a, what a fantastic afternoon, Parky, for the whole club. Obviously, the ladies have put a tremendous amount of effort to, to get to, to where they are. And, and, and the talk of, of going on to the next challenge and not sort of resting on the laurels is it warms your heart as a soul fan. Very much so. It's, it's interesting about training tonight. You know, party's over. That is a that is a quick one. I don't think I'm not sure the ladies' football team, the England football team, will have stopped partying yet. Well, they so it seems a bit harsh to me. No, it, it does. It just shows that level of commitment and professionalism. You know, for again, like you know, I'll reiterate, this, this isn't paid work. This is this is just for the love of it. And you can, and I said it last week about that team togetherness. How much they enjoy each other's company. That that makes a massive difference to how you perform. But yeah, you know, the, the whole last few weeks of building up to this final, you know, we, we spoke about it every week and, it, you know, it gets closer and closer. And as built within fa- within the fans, you know, people are talking about it. It's, it's important to us. And then when the result obviously came through at the end of the game, I think I was talking to Matt Carr, uh, you know, the safeguarding officer at the time, and I said, you know, have we got a final result yet? Keep, you know, scrolling on Twitter and everything. What's going on? Signals rubbish, and then he went, "Oh, oh yeah, they, they they've won," and I was like, you know, turning around, everyone's going, "Oh, the, the girls, they've won." They've won. you know, everyone was invested in what's going on, and it's uh, it has it's give everyone a buzz and a good lift, and everything that's going on at the club at the moment, you know, performances from the from the men's team and then the ladies' team go and do that, and, and every just at the moment, as I put on social media on on Sunday night, it's it's a great time to be a Salford fan, really is. Thoughts and feelings, Louise? Yeah, I think so. When I sort of got asked to be captain, I, you know, I wanted to help create something good. It's now turned into something much, much bigger than I even anticipated it would. I just wanted to help create, you know, an environment where a group of women could come together and we could play some good rugby. Now, obviously, having got to know Salford fans, you know, if you can play a bit of good rugby and you play with some heart and you play for the, you know, for the Salford badge, then you guys get right behind us. And and it's unbelievable, to be honest. And I think on Sunday, you know, we had a lot of good luck messages from you guys to players, to coaches, to uh, the cheerleaders, you know, and, and it was just, it was heartwarming. It was amazing just to see, you know, the reach and, you know, you see all over social media and it, it, it's really difficult, you know, to describe 
no one thought it was going to sort of get to this level so quickly. And I think the amount of work, as you've, you've sort of said, we, we don't get paid for it, but I think we all want it to, to succeed and we all want to, to make something, you know, special happen. Whether that's Super League next season, the season after, whatever, I think we're, we're creating, hopefully creating a legacy that, that you know, rolls on for years and years. I, I'm not going to be there for that playing, but, you know, I want to sort of create that platform for other people. And and I think it was one of the, the young cheerleaders in, in the video, she she said something like, to my future teammates, you know, and that that in itself is exactly what we want. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were at the stadium, <clears throat> sorry, you know, walking around after the, the, the our game and, you know, kids coming up to us and wanting photos, you know, that that's all we want, you know, but it, it comes from hard work, not just from the playing side. I mean, obviously the the pathways, the, the girls' pathways starting on Friday, I think it is, is it the 5th? And I know that there's at least... I, uh, in the WhatsApp group, five, six of our, our lot going down. So, you know, whether it's a day off or they've got some time off college, work, whatever, you know, they're going down in their own time to be a presence and and be there. So, that, you know, these, these young girls are, are going along, whether it's because they love Salford or they love rugby and they're going to get to see, you know, Salford Red, Red Devil ladies, women's players, which I, I think, you know, it's testament to all, you know, unfortunately I can't make it on Friday. But the, the, just the, the effort that everyone goes to because, you know, if, if we can continue to build on this momentum, it can only be positive for the club and for Salford, you know, as a, as a city in itself as well. And I think I think that's what we've all bought into. And I think by you guys and, and Salford fans and the club acting and, and sort of treating us the way you have, that that's why we, you know, we'll give everything we can to make sure it's sort of, it's a success, really. You can't go on forever, Louise, but we can make we can name a road after you, which could. <laughs> Fellingham Way. <laughs> I'm I'm just I'm just too old. That's all it is. I, it takes too long to recover. When I'm like talking about the last cup final I was in was 19 years ago, and Abby's only 19 now. Like, mm. <laughs> like uh. ice baths, lots of ice baths. <laughs> But yeah, all we can say on this, this podcast is, you know, you know, congratulations on the big win. It's, you know, it's it's been an absolute journey, hasn't it? You know, from from, from the beginning, uh, it's on November to, to now, all, all the all the stories, all, all the wins, all the moments. It's, uh, you know, it's been a fantastic covering it week in week out, and we just say, you know, thanks for for what you've done so far. And and I think a famous soul fan once said, "If you give us your heart, we'll give you ours." Yeah, thank you. Like, obviously, you know, you guys have been sort of massive supporters of ours, of ours since we first started at that, that Swinton game. So we definitely appreciate everything you do because it just helps helps us and our profile, doesn't it? So. Mm. so after all that chat, let's look and see what's happening in the world of Salford Devils. So we'll start uh, with the Reds Development Day, which happened on Sunday. Paul, the second year it's took place, uh, 16 to 18-year-olds involved. Great afternoon, Ian Blees and Chris Irwin on Twitter telling us all about it. Fantastic for everyone. Yeah, certainly great to, to get people involved, the, the younger uh, generation. And like we've been saying before, there's, there's so much good stuff going on at the club at the moment. I've never known 
sort of rugby league club to have this this much good stuff going on. Everyone's got a smile on their face. There's, there's a massive feel-good factor around the club at the moment. And uh, long may that continue. I think it's great. Like Louise said, it's great for the city as well. So many people are involved in, in sport and involved in rugby league. Yeah. Like, like you said, Louise, girls' pathway starts on the 5th of August for under-12s, under-14s, under 16s, if you're a girl who wants to get involved in that process, contact Craig Fisher at salfordcc.ac.uk. Uh, obviously, you will see the, the fruits of that labour three, five years down the line, but it's great that they've kicked it off now. Yeah, definitely. You know, women's sport in general, whether it's rugby or anything else, needs things like that. And Fish is is doing a tremendous job. Obviously, he helped set us up. Now he's got this pathway going. And I think that's why, like I said to you a minute ago, that, the, you know, a load of the girls are going to go down because we want it to be a success. And, we you know, we want we want those girls that go along to realise that that's a pathway to something. It's a pathway to playing for, you know, the first team at Salford. So hopefully a load of girls go down. And it's it's obviously, like you say, Five years down the line, they'll be trying to take some of our shirts off our backs. Five years down the line, Louise, when you're lining up and someone says, I was started involving that pathway when I was 12, and then you'll be like, what? <laughs> no, I, I can't be in five years. I've, I've, I've given them a, a, a sort of age that I'm going to retire at, so um, it won't be me lining up in five years, but definitely some of the girls that are in the team now will still be there and, and continuing in that legacy. And, and, you know, hopefully some of these girls that go along on, on Friday will, will be right by their side. Age is just a number, Parker. Absolutely. Absolutely. You're only as old as you... Yeah, no, I'm not going. Uh, <laughs> no, it's funny, Louise, you said there, a word you said there about legacy, and that's, that's something that's been created now. You know what I mean? We've got... I mean... It's going to be hard to follow it. Let's be honest. I mean, if you if you if you do, you know, make the Super League this year and, and you've won the cup, anyone following is going to you know big big boots to fill. But it's that that's what's happened now, and you've given you've given girls in, in something to look forward to. You know, I mean, we've always had lots of female supporters, all we've never had a, an option like this, and now they've got something. And like you said there about them when they saw you, you know, the game the other week taking photos and everything. This is now something that they can, because they've never seen it, it's never been something in their lives part of growing up. You know, nobody like them does this. Nobody plays rugby. Girls don't play rugby. That's not what they do. And now they can see what can can be achieved. Mm. And hopefully, you know, this thing on Friday is massively, you know, supported. And like you say, the, the legacy's there now and your footsteps, they're going to be following it. Yeah. It's amazing. What an amazing journey. Obviously, hopefully this this pathway will be the, the start and in sort of three, five years' time we'll have a we'll have a pathway from sort of under twelves up to a up to the first team and it'll be just like the men, hopefully. Talking about the future, next next season, season tickets are now on sale. Uh Paul, standing tickets, seating tickets, hospitality tickets available. I'm sure if fans have watched the Saints game, they'll be rushing out to buy them. Well, yeah, we were saying that before. It's like a, it's a hot time to get them. You've just played two old games against last season's grand finalists in Catalan and St. Helens. You've absolutely pummeled them both in two games running. So what a better time to, to get your season tickets out. And we all know how important it is, you know, cash for, for the club and things like that. So, uh, yeah, then encourage anybody to get it earlier. Then we might as well get it now before you start spending money on Christmas presents and that. So that's my, that's my plan is to get mine sorted out before I have to start buying these three presents. So, so I'll be getting mine soon. 
getting presents. <laughs> For Christmas, you have, to, least you, have to to you have to do it early, mate. You do it in our house anyway. <laughs> yeah, the early bird finishes 15th of December. Get was celebrating 150 years as a club. Um, so I'm sure the club park will have stuff planned to celebrate that. Yeah, big year ahead. Big year. Um, we never know what's going to happen in the next few months. I mean, you never do with Salford, do you? Let's be honest. We've all been on this roller coaster for a while, but it's always something exciting happening. And I've already eyed up my, my, my ticket. I've had a look at the price, and you can't you can't fault it. I mean, it's an absolute bargain. Some people pay more than I'm going to pay for a season ticket to watch one match of Premier League football. So, you know. It, for the entertainment you get, even I mean, for me, a bad game of rugby league is twice as good as any any other sport. So you get a good game like we got on on Sunday. There's no better entertainment, I don't think. And for a couple of hundred quid, you know, I, what? Come on! I know times are hard, and I understand that. And not everyone's got it lying about, but we've got a little bit of time to save up. And, and Paul said there before he starts buying Christmas presents. I do hope you are buying them for Christmas presents. <laughs> Not getting away with that one. The whole family's got one of them now. We all yeah, know how much Imogen loves it, so she's got to have one. Oh, she's already she's already penciled one in, yeah. She's already she's already she's took my season ticket this season, so uh, she absolutely loves it now. Yeah. Wants to go to Catalan in a few weeks. I'm trying to get flights for that. <laughs> you never know if Louise gets her hand on it, she could be playing in the centre in about five years' time. Well, I think she fancies it. She, well, she's going to high school in September and they play rugby league at high school. So she's looking forward to that. So, yeah, she could be she could be on that pathway, hopefully. That'd be great. Might really would. Could be the next Super Sadie. Aye. You never know. You never know. Um, other news. Huddersfield game. Free for kids and £10 adults <coughs> in the East Stand. Opportunity to fill that stand. Parky. And uh, get some fans in. Yeah, we've had it a few times. I'm in the last sort of season or so. It makes a brilliant atmosphere. I do like it. We we said on Sunday it was a shame that I mean Saints brought a great following. It was brilliant from from them, as you would expect. I mean it's not a million miles away, and they are the best team in the league. Um, but it's a shame that the East Stand was empty again. Mm. You know, it, when you look at it as a sort of a, it's not because it's not very pleasing on the eye. But when you get that, you know. The fans in there, and I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll shift a few for that if we're still in this kind of form. Mm. It'll be, it'll look good. And Oldersfield are offering free travel for their fans to come over as well. It's, you know, it's on the telly, so it's the cameras are all on that stand. It'd be nice to see, you know, at least half full. I don't know, it's difficult. The club can't do more. They really can't. They've tried so many times recently. These, these offers, you know, they've got to be very careful. You know, budget being what it is, you can't just, you know, keep giving stuff away. But it does make for a great atmosphere. I think the lead was it Leeds game or the Cast game this year. It was brilliant. When they, you know they had them kids in that that stand, the noise they made was it kind of made the night. I think we mentioned it the, the week after on the podcast that it had, you know they 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 kind of made the atmosphere for us. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed. We're, we're still in good form then in the next couple of weeks, and uh, we get a decent turnout. Yeah, let's finish uh, talking about players. We'll talk about uh, Josh Wagstaff, uh, Charlie Glover and Nathan Connell, who will be competing in the under-19 Euro Championship. Uh, one for England, one for Wales, one for Ireland. Uh, Louise, you know, what a, what a great achievement uh, for them. 
Yeah, it's fantastic, isn't it? Like any sort of international recognition is is amazing. So yeah, like really happy for those guys. Like you know, they're they're sort of at the the beginning of their careers, aren't they? And if they can get that sort of experience under their belts, it can only make them into better better players. Yeah. And uh, finally, Jim Lomax, who plays for Salford City Roosters, he's been playing for 40 consecutive years at Parker. They announced it on Twitter this week. I mean, that's sort of what a hero he is. Yeah, I know we mentioned earlier on what an effort that is. I mean, doing that every week. Again, you know, we said about, you know, Louise and the, the girls don't get paid for it. He, he does it. He volunteers every week to turn up. And, you know, let's be honest, it's, it's not the easiest sport to play, is it? It's, it's, Fairly physical. I can't imagine how he feels every Monday morning or whatever waking up these days. But great effort, brilliant. What you know, what what a legend for for the club and for you know for, for amateur rugby league in the area. He must be some character. Mm. Uh, I bet he's got a few stories after all them years. Jim can do it, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> That would, if I played for 40 consecutive seasons, that would make me very old. <laughs> you still fire one, though. No. <laughs> Doesn't matter. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's fantastic, isn't it, Paul? You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's been playing for, for such a long time, still obviously making a difference. And, uh, you know, wow, what a player. Well, yeah. I mean, I wonder how many pains he's made in 40 years. That's something. How many pairs of boots have you got through in that amount of time? So, uh, that no, no, that that's something that to be to be doing that to be playing a physical contact sport like rugby league for forty consecutive seasons, I think is absolutely outstanding and just shows dedication to to keep yourself fit and 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 keep playing. I think it's hard enough for watching sport, isn't it? But to play it for forty years, I think that that, that takes some doing. That no, great. That was a great story. That he's probably used one boot, but it's a bit like triggering all the fools' artists. I've had twenty-five <laughs> shoes and sixty-five studs. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what he'll say but yeah congratulations to him uh, from everyone on, on the podcast and uh, you know look forward to the next 40 so that's all the news uh, and now we'll look and see what's happening in Whiteside's world of rugby league Hello, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report and World of Rugby League Roundup, whatever you want to call it. We'll start off with the North West Men's League. Some big results this week, some big fixtures as well coming up for you. Friday the 29th of July, Friday just gone, Division 2, there's a big derby between Salford City Roosters and Caddy's Head Rhinos. The Roosters come out on top, they won by 30 points to 20, that was Division 2 fixture. On Saturday the 30th, Folly Lane went away from home to Wigan St. Cuppets in Division 1 and come away with a great win. They won by 14 points to 12. In Division 4, South East clock face minus A26, Waterhead Warriors A10. On Saturday, the 6th of August, it's Cup final day at Salford City Roosters. All the games are going to be played. There's three cracking matches for you in the Shield final at 11 o'clock kickoff in the morning. It's Wigan St. Jude's A against Newton Storm. Our very own Salford City Roosters play in the trophy final at 1 o'clock against West Bank Bears. And Oral St. James round off the day with a game against Halton Farmworth Hornets at 3 pm in the Cup final. Get down there if you can and support Salford City Roosters. Whatever looks all right as well. It's going to be a cracking day down there. Great clubhouse and a great club as well. So get down there and support that. There's one more fixture in Division 4 South and East. That's Waterhead Warriors A against Burton Wood Bridge. 
Right, we'll turn our attention now. We'll stay with Salford City Roosters and uh, their A team. They had a great win at the weekend just gone. They won away from home at Portico Vine by 36 points to 12. Great result for them there. Their try scorers were Tom Kane, Brad Cunningham, Christian Higgins, Martin Judge, Miles Paul, and Jack Sharkey. He got two tries and he also kicked four goals, did Jack as well. So great result for the Roosters away from home. And a big shout out as well, a huge milestone for Jim Lomax, who played his. Uh, in, he put on a rooster shirt for the 40th consecutive year. He's been playing for them for 40 years. I'm not sure how old Jim is, but um, he must be uh, in his 50s or so now. But to be still playing rugby league after 40 years for a club just shows great dedication. So congratulations to Jim from everybody on the podcast. And uh, you keep playing rugby league, mate, and uh, keep playing for Salford City Roosters. So great news for the Roosters there and a big shout out to them. As I said, get down there and support them this weekend in the cup final. Well, moving on to the North... The, the National Conference League, sorry. There was no uh, games involving our local teams at the weekend. There was very sparse, the fixtures this weekend just gone. But there's uh, some fixtures this weekend coming up. Saturday the 6th of August. Um, the Premier Division, Rochdale Mayfield struggling at the moment. Seven wins from 18 games. They're at home to Pilkington Rex, who were just one place below in the league. Big game, that big four-pointer for Mayfield on Saturday. Uh, Division 1, Saddleworth Rangers at home to Wigan St. Pat's. And there's one game in Division 3 between Oldham St. Anne's and Hensingham. Well, let's do our usual weekly 12,000-mile trip to Australia. Now, we'll have a look at the NRL Premiership. It was round 20 over there, and uh, again, some fascinating results. New Zealand Warriors 12, Melbourne Storm 24. The Storm getting back to winning ways after a, after a poor run, really, by their standards. Here's a big one for you. Parramatta Reels beat Penrith Panthers by 34 points to 10. The Panthers... Had won eight, uh, sorry, won 17 from 18 games. Uh, they've now lost another one, the, the Parramatta Reels. They're in the playoffs at the moment, and that was a big result for them, 34 points to 10. So, uh, so yeah, it's hotting up there in the in the uh, the NRL. The rest of the fixtures: Manly Sea Eagles 10, Sydney Roosters 20, Gold Coast Titans. 24, Canberra Raiders 36, Cronulla Sharks 21, South Sydney Rabbitohs 20. Here's another big one. Brisbane Broncos 18, West Tigers 32. West Tigers though losing Jackson Hastings to uh, to a broken leg in that game. Wish Jackson Hastings all the best and hopefully he makes a, a good recovery because it's a long time out with uh, with an injury like that. But great win for the Tigers. So best of luck, Jackson. Newcastle Knights against Canterbury Bulldogs. The Bulldogs. You know they they've made a, a bit of a renaissance as well. They they won 24 points to 10 at Newcastle Knights. Uh, St George Illawarra eight. North Queensland Cowboys 34. The Cowboys continue their rise up the table. They're just six points behind Penrith now in second place. So the table looks like this: Penrith top with 36 points. Queensland Cowboys second with 30. Then it's Cronulla Sharks, Melbourne Storm, Brisbane Broncos, and Parramatta Reels all on 26 points. South Sydney Rabbitohs have got 24. Sydney Roosters have got 22. That completes the playoffs. Then below that, Canberra have got 22, Manly have got 20, and St. George Illawarra have got 20 points as well. So it's hotting up the uh, the race for uh, the uh, the playoffs in the NRL Premiership. You've got a bit of a gap then to Canterbury Bulldogs, but they, like I said, they've, they've climbed up the table. They've got 14 points. Now, the fixtures for this week all kicks off on Thursday, the 4th of August, 10.50am on Sky Sports. Sydney Roosters face Brisbane Broncos. On Friday, there's a game at 9 o'clock between Melbourne Storm and Gold Coast Titans. There's a Sky game at 10.55 between Manly Seagulls and Parramatta. On Saturdays, three fixtures. South Sydney Rabbitohs face New Zealand Warriors at 6am. Canberra Raiders face Penrith at 8.30. The telly game is 10.35 between Cronulla Sharks and St George Illawarra Dragons. There's two fixtures. On Sunday, Canterbury Bulldogs against North Queensland Cowboys at 5am. And West Tigers are at home to Newcastle Knights at 5 past 7. Right, well, let's focus now on uh, domestic action. We'll talk about the Super League first. Round 21 of the Betfred Super League. 
Some strange scores again. Castleford Tigers 6, Wakefield Trinity 32, Wakefield at 18 0 at half time. Now, a great win for them. Catalan Dragons 32, Lee Rhinos 36. That was after Golden Point extra time. And I'm pretty sure Catalan were winning 16 6 at half time. I think they were winning about 30 points to 6 as well. So, Leeds have stormed back there with the, with a number of tries in the last sort of 20 minutes of the game. Myler scored a hat trick there 59 minutes, 61 minutes, 71. Dwyer got one 4 minutes from time. And then Caesar with a try 2 minutes into extra time. Huddersfield Giants added to Warrington. Wolves. They beat Warrington 32-22. Warrington again, though, led in that game. And uh, two late tries, or three late tries, within the last 15 minutes from Huddersfield got them the victory. Salford 44, St. Helens 12. I won't go on too much about that. We'll be talking about that on the main podcast with Rob, but what a fantastic result for Salford. 44-12. Toulouse Olympic 6, Hull FC 30. Wigan Warriors put Hull Kingston Rovers to the sword last Thursday. They beat them by 46 points to 4. So, Super League, St. Helens stayed top with 34 points. Wigan, Huddersfield, Catalans, Castleford and Salford are 6th place on 20 points. Uh, below them it's Hull with 20, Leeds with 19, Hull KR with 18, Warrington with 14, Wakefield with 12 and then Toulouse Olympic with 10. The Betfred Championship Round 21, it was the Summer Bash, all played at heading of these games. Barrow 36, Witness 24, Batley Bulldogs 60, Jewsbury Rams 6, Bradford Bulls 6, Halifax Panthers 22, Featherstone Rovers 16, Lee Centurions 46, London Broncos 12, Sheffield Eagles 38, Newcastle Thunder 18, York City Knights 27, Whitehaven 28, Workington 10. So that leaves the championship. Lee Centurions are five points clear of Featherstone Rovers, and it's Halifax, Batley, Barrow, and York City Knights that make up the playoff places. Betfred, League One, Round 17, Doncaster 62, West Wales 6, Hunslet 0. Midlands Hurricanes 24, that was one of the surprise results of the weekend for me. London Scholars 46, Cornwall 6, Oldham 16, North Wales Crusaders 29. And there was a bit of a derby game between Rochdale Hornets and Swinton Lions. That finished Rochdale Hornets 22, Swinton Lions 53. And Matt Calland left his, his job as Rochdale Hornets, coached by mutual consent after that game as well. So uh, it's a shame for Rochdale Hornets who dropped down a bit. So the Betfred League one, Keith Cougars stayed top with 15 out of 15. Then it's North Wales Crusaders, Swinton Lions, Doncaster, Rochdale and Hunslet making up the playoff places fixtures for this week then Wednesday the 3rd of August as you listen to this this game might have been played but the Batley are playing Sheffield in the championship Thursday Hull KR against Toulouse Olympic 8 o'clock on Sky Friday there's a Sky game between Wigan and Warrington at 8 o'clock Huddersfield Giants play Hull at 7.45 on Saturday, there's one fixture, London Scholars against West Wales Raiders. On Sunday, Leeds Rhinos face Salford Red Devils at 3 o'clock. St. Helens play Cass at 1 o'clock on Channel 4. Wakefield play Catalans at 3 o'clock. Betfred Championship, all these games are 3 o'clock. Bradford against Workington, Dewsbury against York City Knights, Lee against Barrow, Newcastle against London Broncos, Sheffield Eagles against Whitehaven and Witness against Featherstone Rovers. There's a game on Premier Sports at 6.30pm. That's between Halifax and Batley. Big West Yorkshire derby there. Finally in Betfred League 1, Cornwall face North Wales Crusaders at 1 o'clock. That's on the Hour League app. Doncaster are at home to Rochdale Hornets at 3 o'clock. Midlands Hurricanes face Oldham at 5.30. And finally Swinton Lions are back at Haywood Road against table-topping Keithley Cougars at 3 o'clock. That's all I've got for you this week I'm missing the Leeds game on Friday to go away with my family to Mallorca I'm absolutely gutted about that to be honest with you but enjoy the match at Leeds and I'll see you at, well I will see you at the Huddersfield game a week on Saturday take care enjoy your rugby league so that was Whiteside's World of Rugby League and now we'll look forward to the game on Sunday against Leeds so Salford Red Devils travel to Leeds Rhinos on Sunday Parker we're mm. on a roll but so are they be a good game it, it should be. It should be game of the round, really, shouldn't it? Two teams in, in decent form, both fighting for the playoffs. Um, 
it's this could be the the game that that you know decides whether we make the playoffs or not. I, I, st- I know there's still a long way to go, but this is if we go there and get a win. I know we, we mentioned it off air, and Paul mentioned before. You know that, that, that this is the one that's this is the big test. Everybody's saying that you know Saints was obviously a bonus win. This you go to Headingley and win. I don't. You know, Wigan went there the other week and got absolutely battered. And if we're going to get back today, you know, it shows what a tough place it is. Um, but we've got to be confident. We, we shouldn't be fearing anyone at the moment. We, we've beaten, the, the like, say, the, the two grand finalists from last year, both convincing in the last, what, four or five weeks. Um, Leeds, very at a miss. Uh, and I know they'll be missing a couple of players. I know Matt Pryor, I think, picked up another ban, hasn't he? This week he got uh, red carded at the weekend, and uh, I think I think the other prophet uh, Tetavano is it? Um, I think he's missing, and I think one of the wingers is out. It's you know there's no reason to go there and be worried. I know Headingley's a bit of a graveyard for us. Um, you know we've had less success there than anywhere else in in rugby league, which is not great, but. Um, but it's new. It's a new Edingley these days. It's not the same that South Stand's got. Um, I, I'm I'm quietly confident. I'm gonna I'm gonna say I think if we play anything like we did on on Sunday, I don't think there's a team wants to face us. So you know, you just think you need a bit of luck. Obviously, uh, Paul mentioned before that Ber- Berkey may be missing, and how we're going with bodies. I don't know how far likes to Tyler Dupree are off and people like that. Whether they're due to come back. Um, we could do with a couple of bodies, but I think it'll be an absolutely belting game. I really do. And I know I know quite a, a number of Salford fans are travelling over because the excitement levels now, like you say, not quite at 2019 levels just yet, but they're, they're getting there. <laughs> and yeah. A win this week, it, it would do everybody in the world a good. And uh, you never know, that, that could be, you know, we, we won't be worrying about playoffs. We could be looking further up up the table with, with the, the games we've got to come. So, massive test, big game. But I fancy us. I really do. Danger men, Paul? Well, I think they've got a few. I think Richie Mile has won. Just looking back at them at the weekend, Leeds, I think they were 30 points to... Mm. 30 points to six, something like that, with about 20 mm. minutes to go. Mm. And they've come back and drawn the game and gone to extra time. Richie Mile scored a hat-trick in that, that last 20 minutes for them. So he's a real talisman. And I think you look at the way they played recently. I mean, they got 60 points against Hull. They absolutely wiped the floor with Wigan. They've won four out of the last five, exactly the same as us. Their form is exactly the same as Solvers, four from the last five. So uh, you've got two teams, probably the two informed teams in the league at the moment, who are scoring lots and lots of points as well. So it'll probably be like a really close, low-scoring game this morning. But I don't think so. I think there'll be tries in it from, from both teams. So... You look at Leeds, as I said, Richie Mile. I think Ash Hanley as well. He's always handful. He always seems to score against us. Very quick winger. And, you know, Matt Pryor, who got sent off at the at the weekend, he got sent off, uh, I think, in the 59th minute or something. And that's when they did the damage and they came back. So it just shows you adversity there. They've got 12 men. They storm back and draw a game and then end up winning it in extra time. So I think they've got a new coach, haven't they, Rowan Smith? And they seem to have turned a corner since he's took over now. They, they seem to have got a lot more belief and they're a totally different lead Rhino side to the side that we beat earlier in the season. So, uh, so yeah, Danger Man, I think you're looking at Hanley. I know Zach Hardacre's back there now. He's a, he's a good player. So, that Bentley and the, the, the forwards, he seems always gives a lot of penalties away, but he's an aggressive player, comes up with the odd try as well, doesn't he? Reece Martin, I think, is a clever player, good goal kicker. So, they've got 
match winners, haven't they, in that team there, and, and, and some big names as well. So we're going to have our work out, but looking at the bookies, they've given us a six-point start, so uh, Leeds are the favourites, aren't they? But uh, I think it'll be a close game. Yeah, make sure you bet responsibly. Uh, Louise, obviously latest minerals check Uh, Leeds is a big game They're in playoff contention as well Obviously beating Saints is a bonus But if you want to finish in the the top six You've got to go to Leeds and win Yeah, absolutely Obviously Henley is not an easy place to go I've actually um, seen a couple of matches there And the atmosphere is always pretty buzzing So I would imagine it, it will be for this game as well Especially because of, you know, the importance of it And I think, you know, that importance won't be lost on Leeds either I think that the way the boys are playing at the moment I think as long as they sort of take that same calmness And that same mentality into it Again, I agree that if they play the way they did anywhere near the way they they played on Sunday, I I don't think there's many teams that can touch them. You know, Leeds can, on their day, play some really good rugby, but, you know, they are missing some some names. And I think if Salford sort of defend the way they did, especially in that first half, you know, I I think that just shuts down Myler and Caesar. And, you know, and if they can't play, you're not getting the ball out to your Ash Hanley and you're just restricting him to to taking those hard carries. And, and yeah, he can do that and he's good at that. But, you know, I'd rather him waste his energy on those than than the carries that are going to really hurt Salford. Predictions. Paul, what have you written in your League Express? Uh, Well, I was going to ask Parky, do you know that prediction league that we're in? Mm. He's made a mess of it. He's not put Salford on, has he? Because I texted him to him saying, where's, where's, where's ours? And he's left it out. He said it was by mistake. <laughs> he fell out so, with uh, No, he said it, was, it. he said it was an error. So he's not oh. put Salford on. So I didn't write mine down. But um, uh-huh. I'm going to go, um, I think we'll win by 10 points. I think we'll win 28-18. Are you, stop, you'll, are you still top of this uh, prediction league, Parker? <sighs> yeah, I don't like to brag. No. no. I've not seen the league table this week, actually. So... I could have been usurped, I don't know, but I've been going well, been going well. I did all right at Summer Bash this week, so I, I can't complain. As for a prediction for this week, uh, I'm going to say 25-18. 25-18. Yeah, uh, uh, a, a very late Mark's need drop goal just to, to confirm the win for us. Okay, how about you, Louise? What's your, your prediction Nando. for Sunday's game? I think it will be 30 to 12 to Salford. And I tell you, if she takes the Nando's, we'll all be raging. Yeah. <laughs> Has to be said. <laughs> I'm going to go. Um, I'm going for a big Salford win. I'm going for Leeds 10, Salford 40. Joe Burgess Yeah. Right. That's what I'm going for. Salford. Feel it, bones. Feel it. What did you go with last week, Rob? I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't close. Yeah, you must have been. I'm sure. You, I'm sure you. You went for something crazy, and it was. <laughs> I'll have to. I'll have a listen back. I, I tell you, if it comes in. Was it close? We were discussing it. I don't know. Me and my brother were discussing it in the car on the way home, and we said Rob probably got one right. <gasps> I think I'll have a look. I didn't write it down. Nando's time. I don't, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I, I'm sure he said. I don't know. I don't think he'd have gone into the forties, but you can't be far off. I'm sure he said. I, like, I think he said thirty odd. I think he said thirty odd ten or something like yeah, that. Yeah, you can't be far off. I'll have a listen. I'll have a listen back, and we could maybe celebrate in next week. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we're at least, 
Bayern and Nando's. Oh, good times. <laughs> so, Louise, it's been a fantastic podcast. Big thanks for coming on and, and talking about the ladies' cut win. No, honestly, thank you for having me. Obviously, I spoke to, spoke to you guys earlier on in the season, but it's been a real pleasure to sort of come back on and have a, a you know a full full sort of chat about rugby in general, not just about us. Yeah, another great show, Parker. Talk about the men's win, ladies' win, and everything so for the Devils. They're easy when we win, isn't it? What a, you know, we could talk about Salford all night at the moment, I think, the way things are going. But we can't, because some of us, we need to have our tea. And last thing Paul said to me before we started this was, let's try and get this get this done uh, you know, quick, because I've got to get up early in the morning. Two and a half hours later, <laughs> Paul. Ooh. Oh, no, I've had my tea, though, so I'm all right. I get, I'll have a quick <laughs> cup of tea now and get my head down. But no, I've enjoyed it. I absolutely loved it. It was a great, great show tonight. Great having, having Louise on. Great to, to speak to her. I thought, you know, sport speaks so enthusiastically about doing such a great job. I think it's great to have her on and hopefully you come on again. And Nice to have Parker Park on. I always love, love talking to him and, and nice to talking to you as well, mate. So I've enjoyed it. It's been a good night. Yeah, it has been great. Really enjoyed this pod, podcast. Loads of great chat. Big thanks for tuning in to this week's Devil in the Detail. Eyebrow Parks, you can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail, SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD, SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, Spotify and YouTube. See you soon.